is Thursday, the 31st of August, the Feast of St. Raymond Nanatus. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lead the way, O Lord, our light. We pray for those appointed tasks of leadership, that they may lead your people in the way of holiness. We pray for those who lead the way with joy to the mountain of the Lord, that they may be richly blessed. We pray for those who have passed through the gates of death, that they may rejoice for all eternity. O God and giver of all good gifts, you cleanse us from stain of sin and make us pure of heart through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lead us to dwell with you in holiness in our everyday lives through constant growth and love for you and for those whose lives we touch. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Raymond Nanatus, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here on a Thursday morning. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, we have much of which to speak. Father Robert Nixon will join us live from Australia. Uh, we're going to talk about more jewels and gems and flowers and the like that are reflective of the virtues of Mary. Andrew Swafford is part of the Ascension Press Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. We've been walking through the books of the Old Testament, and today we get to talk about 1 Samuel. Bishop Michael, Mikhail Meradian of the Armenian Catholic Church is going to talk about the, the significant struggles um, that his people are going through in Armenia, a lot of it being kind of uh, buried to the bottom of the news cycle, but extremely important uh, to know about the ways that our Christian brothers and sisters, our Catholic brothers and sisters are suffering there and then uh, Pastoral Counselor Kevin Prendergast will talk about developing resiliency in our lives. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Idalia is producing heavy rain over the Carolinas now. Mark Mayfield has the story. The National Hurricane Center says the system has maximum sustained winds of roughly 60 miles per hour after downgrading to a tropical storm. Some areas are seeing flooded streets. A tornado watch has also been issued for parts of North Carolina until early Thursday morning. Idalia made landfall as a hurricane in Florida's Big Bend area on Wednesday and caused significant damage there before then hitting Georgia. I'm Mark Mayfield. Pope Francis is getting ready to depart Rome for Mongolia. The Holy Father has made his customary visit to the Basilica of St. Mary Major to entrust his apostolic visit to her care. Vatican News reports this is the 111th time the Holy Father has visited the Basilica to pray at the icon Salus Papali Romani before or upon his return from an apostolic journey. The Pope will leave later today and stay in Mongolia through September 4th. He will be the first Pope ever to visit the Asian nation that's sandwiched between Russia and China. The Pope continued his catechesis series on apostolic zeal at his general audience yesterday, focusing on the example of St. Kateri Tekakwitha. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Luboff reports. Reflecting on the scene, the Pope noted that Kateri, born in upstate New York, was the daughter of a Mohawk chief and an Algonquin Christian mother who taught her to pray and sing hymns to God. Many of us have also been introduced to the Lord for the first time in the family, especially by our mothers and grandmothers, the Pope said. He noted that evangelization often begins like this, with simple, small gestures like parents helping their children to learn to talk to God in prayer and telling them of his great and merciful love. 
Scarred by smallpox at an early age, the Pope said her sufferings throughout her life drew her to a great love of the cross and a close identification with Christ in his redemptive love for humanity. The Pope remembered her suffering through her entire life, her persecution, as well as her convictions and faith. When we encounter difficulties in living and proclaiming the gospel, he said, we may be tempted to become discouraged, to take refuge in our uncertainties, and to close ourselves off in small groups that think like us. However, the life of Kateri Tegakwitha, he said, shows us that every challenge can be overcome if we open our hearts to Jesus, who grants us the grace we need to continue on the path of Christian life with faithfulness and perseverance. In Kateri Tekakwitha, the Pope said we meet a woman who bore witness to the gospel, not so much with great works, but with the silent joy and freedom of a life open to the Lord and to others. Even in the days leading up to her death at the young age of 24, he acknowledged that Kateri fulfilled her vocation in simplicity, loving and praising God, and teaching those with whom she lived to do the same. He recalled her last words were, Jesus, I love you. Let us too, he said, by drawing strength from the Lord as St. Cathedry had done, learn to perform ordinary actions in an extraordinary way and thus grow each day in faith, charity, and zealous witness to Christ. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. A Nigerian high court has granted a restraining order for a teenage Christian convert. Alliance Defending Freedom International says the 18-year-old's father and brother have been threatening to kill her for leaving Islam. ADF officials say the teenager was smuggled to safety in a Christian community by her mother. According to Open Doors, Nigeria remains one of the most dangerous countries for Christians. ADF International says more than 5,000 Christians were killed for their faith last year across the world, and Nigerians constituted 90% of those deaths. American Airlines flight attendants are authorizing a strike. The Association of Professional Flight Attendants has voted overwhelmingly in favor of a work stoppage and plans to demonstrate at 12 airports. The union says members have been asking the airline for better pay. While the union is in favor of striking, members will remain at work until the strike is approved by the National Mediation Board. And week one of the college football season is here. The Florida Gators are in Salt Lake City, squaring off against number 14 Utah tonight. Utes quarterback Cam Rising is expected to miss the opener after recovering from a torn ACL in last season's Rose Bowl against Penn State. Bryson Barnes is in line to get the start under center. Several other matchups kick off tonight, including Elon at Wake Forest, UConn hosting NC State, and Nebraska dueling Minnesota in Minneapolis. The slate continues Friday with Michigan State, Miami, and Stanford all in action. And of all course, right. your volunteers and my Buckeyes. Waiting for Saturday? Waiting for Saturday. All right. Time How you to, doing, uh, Matt? I'm doing all right. Yeah? I'm doing all right. Good. Happy Feast of St. Raymond Nonatus. I know Indeed. he's a favorite of yours. I love St. Raymond Nonatus. We're going to talk more about St. Raymond Nonatus this morning. Because he's got a wild, and I mean a wild story. It is a wild story. If you're like, oh, the saints are boring plaster statues and, you know, pastel holy cards. You've never heard the story of St. Raymond Nanatus, if you think that. <laughs> he's got a wild, and I mean a wild story. Wild. Well, we'll look forward to it. Good stuff. All right. Well, as we just said. St. Raymond Anatus, pray for 
us. Eight minutes past the hour now. Joining us on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Robert Nixon. He's a Benedictine monk at New Norcia in Australia, translator of the Tan Resurrection series. We've been going through one of those, Crown of the Virgin by St. Ildefonsus of Toledo. Father, welcome back. Thank you very much, Eddie. It's fantastic to be with you today. It is fantastic to have you back. And uh, we are on to the 22nd place in the crown of the Virgin. And in that setting, he mounts the star Orion, which I think of as a constellation, but I guess is also a star. What did he believe about this star, Orion? Well, this star, yeah, he says star, but uh, really he he could have meant group of stars, constellation, because when you look at the sky and see Orion, you know it's a very beautiful, uh, shining conglomeration of of small stars. And um, he talks about this star as being one of the brightest in the sky, which indeed it is uh, in many places and for a lot of the year. He talks about it also as foreshadowing the arrival of rains, which is something in Europe. It, it of course, does because it appears most um, most brightly at that time of year just before they get their annual rainfall. And, of course, this relates to the Blessed Virgin in, in a very wonderful way, as he will explain. Yes, yeah, so talk about the the beautiful way that he describes the Blessed Virgin in relation to the angels and saints in heaven. Indeed. Um, so he talks about um, shining starry constellations of angels and apostles surround you, together with the fragrant roses of martyrs, aromatic violets of saints, and radiant lilies of holy virgins. For you exceed them all in innocence, wisdom, fortitude, and purity. What angel was ever more radiant than you? Or what martyr ever showed more fortitude in sharing the sufferings of Christ? Or what virgin saint ever rivaled you in immaculately chastity, uh, immaculate chastity of body, mind, and soul? And therefore he presents her with this star Orion, And he says this star is of outstanding brilliance and its appearance foreshadows the arrival of renewing rain. Similarly, you, O Mary, are stunningly splendid. Great was your splendor when you conceived God in your womb, yet greater still when you bore him to the world without loss of virginity. And greatest of all did this golden radiance become when you were exalted above the choirs of angels and archangels and crowned as queen of heaven. Mm. And like Orion, your appearance brings with it gentle and welcome rain, the refreshing rain of grace and devotion, the nourishing rain of repentance and contrition, the transforming rain of compunction and tears, the delightful rain of sweetness and consolation. You know, this is really, really quite cool how um, I didn't know that Orion was associated with bringing rains, but, um, you know, it, it, it's such a beautiful image for Our Lady, especially as, as we enter into the month uh, dedicated to her seven sorrows, Our Lady of Sorrows, in the month of September, that that we hear of, of this rain, which seems so somber in the moment and yet brings about such renewal. 
It it does indeed, you know, and and often, um, Annie, we we when when it's a rainy day or whatever, we might be tempted to complain and say it's a bit grim, it's a bit gloomy. But in fact, if we think about it, it's that rain which brings forth uh, the loveliness, the fertility, uh, the fruitfulness of the earth, and so it is in our own lives when we're suffering from the rain of sorrow or anxiety or loss. It's actually those times which are laying the groundwork for the the most fruitful graces we will experience in our lives. Can you uh, tell us about the prayer that he concludes uh, this chapter with? Yeah, absolutely. So he continues with uh, a prayer, and I think this is one of the most beautiful prayers in the book. Um, O most noble and kindly mother of the incarnate word of the eternal father, you saved a lost world through the salvific fruit of your womb. You brought forth from your immaculate flesh through the heavenly dewfall of the Holy Spirit. O illustrious maiden and mother of the highest king, O glorious queen adorned with all the virtues and miraculously fashioned as the masterwork of the creator. I, an unworthy sinner and thoroughly polluted with all vices, vagrant in heart and fluctuating in mind, nevertheless desire to extol your majesty with praises, to celebrate your holy merits with song, to glorify your graces through devout prayers. But before I may do so, I beg you to heal my languors and infirmities, to inspire my senses with your light, to pour out your wonderful anointing into my heart, so that I may bring forth for you words inflamed with love and sanctified by grace. Lady Mary, made divine, every virtue's holy shrine, in thy stance is noble grace, beauty shines forth from thy faith. Clemency in thy hand lies, modesty shows in thine eyes. On thy lips is golden speech, eloquence beyond all reach. In thy soul is sanctity, in thy mind God's mysteries, in thy heart the flame of love, in thy womb the Lord above. Be to us a shining light, guide us through life's little night, help us through this sea of sorrow, lead us to a blessed tomorrow. I'm really impressed with how well you rhymed this in the translation, Father. Did it rhyme in the uh, the original uh, yeah. language too? It, it did. It did rhyme in the original uh, Latin, and um, so yeah. One of the things uh, which is which is a, an enjoyable challenge in translating rhyming Latin is to come up with the same kind of rhymes in English. So it takes a lot of time and thought, but it's a kind of um, activity of prayer and devotion for me. So. Really beautiful, really beautiful. You can read it in Thanks Crown of much. the Virgin by St. Ildefonsus of Toledo and uh, translated by Father Robert Nixon. Just really enjoying this series. Although we are coming up, what, I think we have two more settings in the uh, the we Crown have, of the Virgin? Yeah, just, just a, a, a couple more chapters left of this fantastic work. Yeah, well, I look forward to uh, going through the last two with you in the upcoming weeks. In the meantime, we've got Crown of the Virgin linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father Robert Nixon, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, it is a quarter past here. Let's take a look at weather across the nation as Idalia is heading out to see impacts from it will be 
felt still on the eastern Carolinas and Outer Banks. Heavy rain, localized flooding, and winds will be possible. Those conditions will slowly start to dry out in the afternoon and evening. An area of low pressure will form on the Gulf Coast, bringing rain showers and thunderstorms to the area beginning in the late afternoon and continuing through the night. Elsewhere in the upper Midwest, areas closest to the U.S.-Canadian border are likely to experience some rain showers or storms. Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah could get some scattered showers and thunderstorms forming in the afternoon to early evening. The Pacific Northwest region will get another round of rain showers as well. Other than that, high pressure systems will dominate most of the U.S., the Great Basin, Central and Southern Plains, Tennessee Valley, Great Lakes, and Northeast will all see plentiful sunshine with perhaps a few clouds. 16 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're back with headlines right after this. Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people now and in the future. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. That's lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from. And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sonrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on whatever you buy. You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online store. Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sunrisemorningshow.com. Why do we need to pray? We don't pray because God needs our prayers. We pray because we need God's grace. And every day when I face the day, I realize I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And I need God to walk me through my day, step by step, giving me the grace, the counsel, the love, the encouragement that enables me to glorify Him in everything that I do and become the person He wants me to be. Prayer is my lifeline. 19 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. Adelia is making its way towards sea, producing heavy rain over the Carolinas. Pope Francis is getting ready to depart Rome for Mongolia. And the Holy Father today has appointed a new bishop for the Ruthenian Eparchy of Parma. News at the top and bottom of each hour, each weekday morning here in the Sunrise Morning Show. Uh, be interesting to see. That's a new American bishop. Yeah. <clears throat> so, exciting stuff. Uh, so, today, the Feast of St. Raymond Nonatus. Uh, he was born in 1204 uh, by C section, which That's is right. why he got the nickname Nonatus, which means not born. Uh, he was indeed born. He was indeed he was born. born. By, yeah. But by C section. 
So he goes on to become a Mercedarian priest. And I don't know if you know about what the Mercedarian priests were doing. They freed the in captives. the 13th centuries. Yeah, they actually traded themselves for Christian hostages who had been captured by, uh, by Muslim captors. Mm-hmm. So he would basically exchange himself to let other people go free. And uh, in one of these cases, he was imprisoned and tortured and was still converting his guards. So to keep him from preaching the faith and converting any more of them, they drilled a hole through his upper and lower lips and padlocked them together. Wow. And uh, it turns out that when he got free, uh, he went back home and uh, they made him a cardinal. Well, there you go. So uh, he lived a lot of different adventures, let's just say. Can you imagine? You would think that they would have just killed him, but uh, apparently he had some appeal. St. Raymond Renatus, pray for us. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Father Fred Jenga will tell us about Holy Cross Family Ministries. Dr. Jennifer Roback-Morse will share the latest news from the Ruth Institute. I'll reflect on discerning God's will in the secular world in a confused church. There's frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. On Saturday, September 9th, Americans throughout the United States will honor the memory of more than 60 million unborn victims of abortion during the National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children. Please join in prayer at Gate of Heaven Cemetery in the Baby Garden, Saturday, September 9th at 9 a.m., 11,000 Montgomery Road, Cincinnati. More information at Gate of Heaven Cemetery, 513-489-0300. Please bring a folding chair and umbrella for your comfort. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoding Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. A mass with the anointing of the sick will be held on Labor Day, September 4th, at 11 a.m. at St. Antoninus Church in Western Hills. If you are seeking physical, emotional, or spiritual healing, we encourage you to come or to stand in for someone who is in need. weekly Old Testament Bible series using a Catholic guide to the Old Testament from Ascension Press. You can pick up a copy of your own to study along with us at ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament. And joining us again for our study today, Dr. Andrew Swafford, one of the contributors to this guide. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Annie. Great to be with you. It is great to have you back. And uh, today we are going to be talking about the first book of Samuel. How does this serve as as sort of a transitional book in the Old Testament? Yeah, it does. Uh, it was a move kind of from the judges period uh, with uh, toward the uh, 
the rise of, well, Saul first, but then ultimately David. David takes center stage and the rise of the Davidic kingdom. And that that will dominate really the rest of the Old Testament narrative, the rise and fall and hope for the Davidic kingdom's uh, restoration. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned two of them. Who are who are some of the major characters that we're introduced to in this book? Yeah, you know, Samuel's such a, I mean, it's really a, a literary masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, you have all these, you have this you have pairs of characters often too, right? So we've got Eli and then Samuel in this kind of transition. And, and they're kind of, you know, um, I mean, they're heroic characters in many ways, but then both both have wicked sons, and that sets up the demand for kingship, and you have the rise of Saul and David, and you've got Nathan in there. So I'm not well, Nathan, of course, later on, uh, but I'm thinking of Jonathan, um, the son of Saul, who becomes a friend of David. So it's it's really this back and forth, uh, lots of characters, uh, lots of intrigue, but it's really a, a transition from the judges period, um, the temporary rise of Saul, and from Saul to David. And will you take us through the basic story of First Samuel? What are the key events that we need to know about and focus on when we're reading it? Well, you know, it, it starts out, um, you, the uh, Ark of the Covenant is taken, captured by the Philistines. So it, so it starts out kind of kind of tragic uh, with Eli, and Eli hears about the Ark, and his, his sons are killed, and he falls over and dies. He's so devastated that the Ark of the Covenant was taken captive. Um, and then, uh, you know, as, as it moves in, and the people in First Samuel uh, 8, it's, it's partly because of um, Samuel's sons being wicked. They said, we, we want a king. And, and there's this tension in the Bible of, of, of human kingship. Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, and and there's, there's really some delicate balance here. But the, the request that people make, they say, we want a king like all the nations. We want to be like mm-hmm. all the other nations. And we want a king specifically to fight our battles for us. And one of the deep themes of the Old Testament is that the Lord fights Israel's battles. Now, if you go back to Exodus 14, 14, be still, the Lord will fight for you. Uh, the key is not their political strength, it's, it's, it's their faithfulness. Uh, but they want to rely on human, human kingship here to fight their battles. And so um, and this is what gives rise to Saul. And that, you know, there's a tragic story in its own, its own right. Uh, so like chapters 8 through 15 really kind of the rise of Saul and, uh, and also the downfall of Saul. And Saul's kind of a tragic figure in his own right. He's kind of insecure, lacking for confidence, um, but then kind of rash and hasty and, uh, you know, commits this unlawful sacrifice. And at least this famous passage from Samuel that obedience is greater than sacrifice. And then, then you have David's anointing in chapter 16, um, this, this youthful David. Um, the youngest son, this is the man after my own heart, the Lord says, anoint him, and then he defeats Goliath in chapter 17. And, and really the rest from there on is kind of the transition from Saul to David. And the book ends with Saul's death on Mount Gilboa in chapter 31. Mm. And and in this book, I mean, we as, as Christians, we obviously, we have the gift that is the fullness of revelation in Jesus Christ, right? We in this book with that with that fullness of revelation can start to see glimmers of God's plan for salvation, can't we? No, no, no kidding. No, and one thing we would be remiss that I mentioned is is Hannah and uh, the song of oh, Hannah in yes. chapter two. So Hannah, Hannah who's like another a number of uh, stories like this where she's barren and she prays and she she you know, this she becomes the mother of Samuel, this sort of miraculous birth. Um, as she, previously, she couldn't she couldn't bear any children, and her name, uh, you know, Hannah's Hannah from the root Chen, which is grace in Hebrew. And the song of Hannah in chapter two, there are so many parallels with Mary's Magnificat. And so we've got our Blessed Lady, her you know, pail full of grace, and Hannah, whose name means grace. And there's all these parallels. Um, so and it really just shows us how 
deeply our, our blessed mother was was you know versed and steeped in scripture that she would burst out of this magnificat this song uh which has all these kind of overtones and echoes and allusions to the song of hannah um yeah it's just i mean it's just beautiful to see and uh, to think about our, you know our blessed mother um you know obviously praying through this this text knowing this song very well and then making it her own um you know in these opening scenes in luke's gospel yeah for sure. So what are some of the key themes that we need to keep in mind as we're reading First Samuel? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, moral lessons, for one, in terms of uh, just, you know, like what the, the real humility is rooted in real confidence, and Saul's lacking that. Um, you know, some people think that uh, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings, that Denethor uh, is partly modeled off of uh, Saul. Interesting. Um, but really, the rise, the, the rise of David, the rise of the kingdom, this, this transition um, from the Judges period, uh, as we're moving kind of from the Mosaic Age to the Davidic Age, um, and then these unlikely heroes, right? We mentioned David as this uh, shepherd boy from Bethlehem. You know, he's, he's the youngest son. He's not the one. And then, uh, you know, and then the anointing too. So the, the word for anointing there, Hebrews, is mashak, the verb, and the one who's anointed is the Mashiach, and as David's anointed, the Spirit comes upon him, right? So we want to see in this prefigurations of both our baptism, our confirmation, but our Lord at, at, at the Jordan River, anointed with the Spirit, um, and the Messiah is anointed with the Spirit to give the rest of us the Spirit of God. Yeah. And what is the nature of the King to be in the image and after the likeness of God, who is the true Amen. King? First uh, Samuel is what we've been talking about with Dr. Andrew Swafford today. If you'd like to pick up a copy of A Catholic Guide to the Old Testament, and I recommend it, uh, you can find it through ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Andrew, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, all the best. God bless. You too. Thank you so much. You can find all of our guests linked in our show notes, sonrisemorningshow.com. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. What was once Hurricane Idalia remains a serious threat as a tropical storm hitting southeastern North Carolina. The National Hurricane Center is warning of life-threatening flash flooding in the overnight hours and they're Latest update, the National Hurricane Center put Idalia's maximum sustained winds at about 60 miles per hour. A tornado watch was issued earlier for parts of North Carolina until early this morning. Idalia made landfall as a Category 3 hurricane in Florida's Big Bend area yesterday. Pope Francis is preparing to leave Rome for Mongolia. The Holy Father has paid his customary visit to the icon of the Salus Papali Romani at the Basilica of St. Mary Major to entrust his apostolic visit to her care. Vatican News reports this is the 111th time the Pope has visited the Basilica to pray at that icon before or upon his return from an apostolic journey. The Holy Father leaves later today and will be in Mongolia through September 4th. He will be the first pope ever to visit the Asian nation sandwiched between Russia and China. The Vatican Secretary of State says the Holy Father will be visiting as a pilgrim of hope for the whole world. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. In his 43rd apostolic journey, Pope Francis will be in the capital of Mongolia, Ulaanbaatar, in a nation that borders Russia and China and has a population of around 3.3 million inhabitants. 
Central to understanding the Pope's visit is the motto, hoping together, according to Cardinal Parolin. He noted that our world has a great need for hope based on faith and on the presence of God in our history. The Pope's desire is to meet this community, said Cardinal Parolin, calling it a community small in number but young, lively, and fascinating for its peculiar history and composition. He said the Catholic faith in Mongolia has a long but discontinuous presence and offers an example of missionary enculturation of the faith. Ecumenism and interreligious dialogue form another important aspect to the Pope's 43rd apostolic journey abroad as he will encounter local Orthodox leaders and representatives of Buddhism. Pope Francis, said Cardinal Parolin, often emphasizes the importance of seeking harmony among religions and traditions. The Pope will also seek to bolster the diplomatic relations between Mongolia and the Holy See, which have enjoyed formal ties since 1992 and the fall of the Soviet Union. He will also likely renew his calls for peace throughout the world. The Holy Father keeps appealing for peace. Why, wondered Cardinal Parolin. The answer, he said, is that he carries in his heart the heartbreaking pain caused by what he himself has long called the Third World War fought piecemeal. Finally, the Cardinal Secretary of State said his own hopes for the Pope's visit to Mongolia match those of the Holy Father, who seeks to draw attention to the numerically small Catholic community and inspire others to learn from their example of faith. I'm Devin Watkins. Pope Francis praised the apostolic zeal of St. Kateri Takakwitha at his general audience yesterday. He said, the life of Katiri shows us that every challenge can be overcome if we open our hearts to Jesus, who grants us the grace we need to continue on the path of Christian life with faithfulness and perseverance. He said her life is further testimony to the fact that apostolic zeal implies both a vital union with Jesus, nourished by prayer and the sacraments, and the desire to spread the beauty of the Christian message through fidelity fidelity to one's particular vocation. Meanwhile, the Holy Father confirmed as well that part two of his environmental encyclical Laudato Si will be released on October 4th, the Feast of St. Francis. There's been another public health scare for the GOP Senate minority leader. Trey Thomas reports. Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell appears to have had another freeze moment where he suddenly stopped speaking at a press conference. Did you hear the question, Senator, running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're going to need a minute. This latest episode happened Wednesday in Covington, Kentucky. A similar freeze moment happened in July during a weekly Republican leadership news conference. I'm Trey Thomas. And a North Carolina district attorney says they will not pursue the death penalty for the man accused in the deadly shooting at the University of North Carolina. It's 35 past the hour. The show notes is where you'll get the links and resources you heard about on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith and for the podcast to find and replay an interview. To check out the show notes every day, visit the new sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. 
This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Thursday, August the 31st. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Another lovely day ahead. Right now, temperatures in the lower to mid-50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be partly cloudy to mostly sunny today and a high of 78 degrees. Clear skies tonight and cool again with an overnight low of 55. Lots of sun tomorrow and a little bit warmer with a high of 86 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunshine today and a high of 76 degrees. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 54. It'll be mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 84 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Find us online. Download the app at sacredheartradio.com. to welcome to the Sunrise Morning Show Bishop Mikhail Muradian. He is the Bishop of the Armenian Catholic Eparchy in the United States and Canada. Your Excellency, welcome to the show. Good morning and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So you are going to be the speaker for a special event on Friday at the Institute of Catholic Culture entitled Starving the Christians, the Armenian Genocide Today. And for listeners, this is taking place Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's all over Zoom and free of charge to join from anywhere in the world. Institute of Catholic Culture.org is where you can go to register to get the Zoom link. And Bishop, you know, many people probably heard of the Armenian Genocide, which happened, yeah. what, a little more than 100 years ago in the World War One era. Fewer people probably know that Armenian Christians are in absolutely dire circumstances today. Can you tell us what's been happening? Yes. Unfortunately, the situation is this, that since December 12th, almost eight months, the Azerbaijani government has blockaded completely the Armenian enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh, that in Armenian is called Artsakh, where hundred. 20,000 Armenians, Christians, are living. Among them, 30,000 children, 25,000 almost elderly people, and 9,000 handicapped people. So even the International Red Cross cannot pass through this blockade. People are starving, lack of medicine, lack of food, no electricity, no gas, and no water. And we're hearing already some deaths from starvation. Last week, a man of 40 years old passed away because of lack of nutrition. Uh, there are more than 2,000 pregnant women, and we are already hearing about miscarriages because of mal malnutrition. And two weeks ago, the Azari soldiers took two Armenian men directly from the International Red Cross ambulances. At the blockade, they stopped them, and they kidnapped both men 
and we don't know what happened to them. Just terrible stories, Bishop. I mean, the the human rights abuses that have been going on in these past few months. How is Azerbaijan getting away with it? Unfortunately, with the war in Ukraine, everybody now is preoccupied with that war. And Azerbaijan is taking the opportunity to continue the genocide that their forefathers began some hundred years ago. It's not only Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan is backed by Turkey, especially the president of Turkey, Erdogan. Actually, in 2020, during the COVID period, that the entire world community was preoccupied with what's going to happen with the COVID situation, right in the middle of the COVID situation, Azerbaijan backed up with full military assistance from Turkey. They attacked this Armenian enclave of Nagorno-Garapa, and they occupied more than half of the territory. And there is only this little 3,000 square meter place where these 120,000 people are living, and now they are forcing them, or you live, or you're going to die by starvation. And the problem is that our brothers, sisters, the Armenian Christians who are living over there, it's their ancestors' land. It's been more than 2,000, 3,000 years that they are living over there. And what they are asking is only to, to live freely on the land that God gave them. And this is something that, I mean, Sunrise Morning Show listeners will be familiar with hearing about Turkey and the issue of religious freedom uh, concerning Turkey, of course, uh, turning the Hagia Sophia into a mosque and this specifically targeting Christians. They're specifically targeting the Christians here in Armenia, correct, Bishop? That's right, because Armenia in the region is the sole Christian country in the Caucasus. It is surrounded by, from the east, Azerbaijan, from the west, Turkey, and the south, Iran. Three Muslim countries, and Armenia is the sole, not only Christian, democratic country in the region. The other countries around it are all dictatorial countries. If you take into consideration that Erdogan is power since 1999, and Aliyev, the president of Azerbaijan, has inherited the presidency from his father. Since the collapse of the Soviet Union, 30, 32 years, the same family is controlling everything in that country. And because of the war, Europe needs the gas of Azerbaijan because they have difficulty to have the gas from Russia because of the war. Unfortunately, we don't hear about this in the big news agencies. Political people are silent about it. And the thing is that people are starving to death. Which is just unacceptable. We're talking to Bishop yeah. Mikhail Muradian of the Armenian Catholic Eparchy in the United States and Canada. And Bishop, I don't know if you have family um, that is affected by this. Certainly members of your flock in the United States and Canada do. Have you been hearing from people in Artsakh about the conditions there? What are they saying to you all? Actually, I was one of the first Armenian Catholic priests to go back to Armenia after the collapse of the Soviet Union. 
to get the word out about it. And I know that your talk over at the Institute of Catholic Culture will get a lot more folks up to date on this genocide happening in Armenia. We've been talking to Bishop Mikhail Muradian, and you can go join in and, and listen to his talk over Zoom Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the Institute of Catholic Culture is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Bishop, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Annie, for having me. God bless you. You as well, Bishop, and God bless all of the Armenian Christians that are suffering so much. That's just a little taste of what uh, we'll be hearing on uh, in his lecture tomorrow night. And um, I actually heard from the Institute of Catholic Culture that uh, they tried to advertise this. I mean, we got, you got a bishop coming to speak, tried to put up an advertisement on Facebook, and it got rejected because it was too, quote-unquote, political. So that gives you an indication of what they are up against um, with Turkey and Azerbaijan. And, yeah, so we're doing what we can to get the word out. Be sure to, um, if you can join, um, click on the share link and send it around to others because awareness is uh, one of the most important things that we can do here in our own little world in the United States. So again, instituteofcatholicculture.org. Let's uh, make a big Zoom audience for uh, Bishop Moradion. Coming up next on the Sunrise Morning Show, our Catholic counselor, Kevin Prendergast, joins us. It's 13 till. The first annual Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, sponsored by the Dominican Friars Foundation, will take place on Saturday, September 30th at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. This all-day event will feature conferences by Father Gregory Pine, resuscitation of the rosary, a fervorino by Father Lawrence Liu, and mass with Father James Brent as homilist. Join us for this day of prayer to Our Lady. For more information, visit rosarypilgrimage.org. That's rosarypilgrimage.org. 
Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonricemorningshow.com. If you're currently an EWTN media missionary or just interested in becoming one, we've got some great news. EWTN Media Missionaries has a new and improved website. EWTNMissionaries.com, designed with you in mind. Our new site is loaded with great features and it's easy to navigate. There are so many different ways that you can help EWTN. Join us in sharing the eternal word with the world. Visit EWTNMissionaries.com today. What would you like to discuss? Let us know today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on most of these EWTN stations. And now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. The Sunrise Morning Show continues on this Thursday, the 31st of August, the Feast of St. Raymond Nonatus. Happy Feast Day to all the Mercedarians listening out there this morning. I know there's some in Cleveland, some in Florida as well. A big happy feast day to you. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, licensed counselor, former seminary instructor, and we like to take this opportunity once a week to dive into social and emotional well-being from a Catholic perspective. Kevin, good morning. Hey, good morning, Matt. So you use a word a lot here uh, in this segment, resiliency, right? Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Being able to uh, weather tough situations in life. I wonder uh, maybe how some of the things that have been going on with wildfires in Hawaii, with hurricanes in Florida, all these kind of like mm-hmm. highlight the importance of us really understanding what this means. Yeah, a famous psychiatrist uh, started out a book one time. His first line is a gray line. Life is difficult. <clears throat> uh, so bad things will happen. So nothing that we're going to talk about today, Matt says, we should just have kind of a stoic philosophy like it doesn't really bother us. But it's really like when bad things happen, what are we going to do about that as mature human beings and especially as Christians? And a lot of what I'm going to talk about today applies to parents starting the school year. Uh, and the reason I I'm leading in that way is that during the pandemic, I think a lot of our young people in high school, college, and young adults, uh, we just felt like they were victims of circumstances and there was nothing that they could do about it, kind of this helplessness. So there's another way to, to look at things. Uh, and I want to start out, uh, you know, a little quote from, uh, uh, you know, someone who's got a great book called Mindset, Carol Dweck. And she says, if parents want to give their children a gift, The best thing they can do is teach their children to love challenges, be intrigued by mistakes, enjoy effort, and keep on learning. That way they will have a lifelong way to build and repair their own confidence. So I think what she's saying there is we can't protect our kids from all bad things happening. 
you know, when they're little, we try to, you know, keep them from scraping their knees and all that and falling. Uh, but as they get older, life is going to happen. And, you know, as you know, you're I'm, saying that, Kevin, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't help but think directly. It sounds so much uh, like the way that St. James leads off his letter, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where he yeah. says, consider it pure joy, brethren, whenever you face trials of any kinds, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. <laughs> it's the same yeah. kind of concept. Well, right. And we're not saints, Matt. I'm not a saint. And I, you know, read uh, St. Catherine of Siena, Rose of Lima, and they actually, you know, their prayer would be, you know, they encourage their folks to uh, pray for crosses. Well, I'm not quite there yet. So I I'm think another word here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think what we could do, one of the cardinal virtues is fortitude. So that's a different word, older word for what we're talking about here today. We could certainly pray for fortitude and strength and the ability to cope with things. So the, the kind of the research that I want to get into, Matt, there's in in our uh, field, resilience is one word. Another word is hardiness, right? So kind of toughness of spirit. And there's actually a lot of research on that. Uh, people who have this quality, we can actually quantify it. We can find it. We can measure it. That they tend to cope with the inevitable difficulties of life a little bit better. Uh, and there's and. You know, here's a quick definition from the American Psychological Association is what's hardiness? It's the ability to adapt to unexpected changes, a sense of purpose in daily life, and that I have some control over what happens in my life or how I respond to what happens in my life. And two uh, psychologists went further and they said there's really four dimensions of that. So one would be, they, they call it the four C's, commitment, control, challenge, and connection. And the commitment is that I stay engaged with life. I involve myself with the activities of the world. I don't retreat, right? I don't withdraw. I don't isolate. Uh, second one, the control is that I do have some way to influence what happens around me or to respond in a better way. I'm not a victim. I'm not helpless. The third one, challenge, a belief that, you know, fundamental belief that change is going to happen. Change is actually the normal state, that things stay stable for a little while, but then they're going to change. And we have to kind of get our mind and our soul around that. And the last one that's been added is connection, that social support, having peer uh, people that we can count on, uh, a support system, whether that's in friends at work, in church especially, it kind of makes us stress hardy. It hardens us up a little bit, right? Now, the the other caution I put in here, Matt, the other one you didn't mention, you mentioned uh, fires and the hurricane, of course, and we our prayers go out to the folks affected by that. But I think a lot of people are still recovering from the pandemic. And nobody knew that was coming. I mean, some people had kind of predicted eventually we're going to have a pandemic, but all of a sudden things shut down really quickly. And in our field, we have a way to talk about there's there's PTSD, but there's also acute stress reaction, which usually goes on for four to six weeks. So think about that. In the middle of March of 2020, everybody was just, everything was disrupted. We're just upside down. It's going to take us a minute in that four to six week time, think about that in your own life. Like by six weeks after all the announcements came out and all the, the scariness, we were starting to adapt. A lot of businesses adapted. We moved over to more uh, virtual interaction and business. A, a lot of us were still suffering people who lost jobs or had, had somebody who was very sick with COVID. But, but we weren't in quite the same state of shock six weeks out. So it takes us a minute. Nobody can just react perfectly when something rolls down the road. And as far as parenting, 
think, you know, just some questions for parents. Uh, do, do we overprotect? I think there's a lot of that going on that we just uh, want to coddle our kids. And another way to do that, I think there are some very positive ways to get around that, to build this hardiness in our kids, is we can think about in our life, like pandemic is one example. So what, what did I do as a, an adult to cope with that? And just to acknowledge that I was scared, I was overwhelmed, you know, I, I was worried about the future, worried about my health, our, our family's health. But what did I do over that next few months to, to cope? Uh, so can I share those stories with my kids? And can I push them, like Carol Dweck says, to embrace challenges? One of my friends says, I'm going to do one hard thing today, no matter what. And I think that's that's very important. And then to tie that in with faith. How does our faith help us to have fortitude and to cope and not just to give up and be a victim? And to do things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, yep. Yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. That word hardiness comes up from time to time in another segment that we do here on the Sunrise mm-hmm. Morning Show. Bible Foods with Rita Heikenfeld. She uses it to describe plants, right? That can yeah, survive hardy good plants. Winter. Right. That's right. So, the biologists know that word. Yeah, It's a similar concept. Well, thanks so much, Pastoral Counselor Kevin Prendergast. We've got another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up for our EWTN family after the break. It's three till. Every hour of every day, there's over 50 minutes of solid Catholic teaching on Sacred Heart Radio. Whether we're discussing the Catholic perspective on current issues, reflecting on the heroic life of a saint, or spending an hour in prayer, every hour of every day, Sacred Heart Radio is broadcasting the good news of our salvation through Jesus Christ because of the generosity of listeners like you. Thank you. To join in this mission, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Donate. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. For over 90 years, the Jesuit Spiritual Center at Milford has enriched the spiritual lives of youth and adults, offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality. Enter into the silence of a weekend retreat and experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. On Saturday, September 9th, Americans throughout the United States will honor the memory of more than 60 million unborn victims of abortion during the National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children. Please join in prayer at Gate of Heaven Cemetery in the Baby Garden, Saturday, September 9th at 9 a.m. 
11,000 Montgomery Road, Cincinnati. More information at Gate of Heaven Cemetery, 513-489-0300. Please bring a folding chair and umbrella for your comfort. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply. A Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. I'm Deacon Drew Grody from St. Michael's in Sharonville. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Thursday, the 31st of August. Let's begin together in prayer, praying the words of St. Aelred of Raveau in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, may that good, sweet spirit descend into my heart and fashion there a dwelling for himself, cleansing it from all defilement, both of flesh and spirit, and pouring into it the increment of faith and hope and love, disposing it to penitence and love and gentleness. May he quench with the dew of his blessing the heat of my desires, and with his power put to death my carnal impulses and fleshly lusts, in labors and in watchings and in fastings. May he afford my fervor and discretion to love and praise thee, to pray and think of thee, and may he give me power and devotion to order every act and thought according to thy will, and also perseverance in these virtues unto my life's end. Amen. You know, every time I pray anything or read anything from St. Aelred of Raveau, I can't help but think of our dear friend, Dr. Kevin Vost, longtime Sunrise Morning Show family member who passed away just a few months back. He's the guy who kind of got my antenna up on Aelred of Raveau. So while I'm thinking about it, may the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here on a Thursday. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, we'll talk to Dr. John Bergsma about love in the prophets uh, in the Old Testament. We've been going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. We'll talk cilantro and coriander with Rita Heikenfeld on Bible Foods today. Gary Machuda continues our series on his new book called The Gospel Truth. It's about why we can trust the reliability of the Gospels. And then Amy Wellborn has some short stories to recommend for your Labor Day weekend. Maybe you didn't get through the great American novel over summer break. Well, maybe over Labor Day weekend you can get through a short story. Amy's got some suggestions. Right now it is two minutes past. News and service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. What was once Hurricane Idalia remains a serious threat as a tropical storm hitting southeastern North Carolina. Idalia has caused some widespread travel issues. FlightAware reports there were more than 4,600 flight delays within, into, or out of the U.S. yesterday and more than 1,100 cancellations. Florida airports were impacted the most, of course, primarily Tampa International and Orlando International. Tampa resumed operations for arrival flights yesterday afternoon after the storm-related closure. 
Meanwhile, as I said, Adalia is producing heavy rain over the Carolinas currently. Mark Mayfield reports. The National Hurricane Center says the system has maximum sustained winds of roughly 60 miles per hour after downgrading to a tropical storm. Some areas are seeing flooded streets. A tornado watch has also been issued for parts of North Carolina until early Thursday morning. Idalia made landfall as a hurricane in Florida's Big Bend area on Wednesday and caused significant damage there before then hitting Georgia. I'm Mark Mayfield. Pope Francis today has appointed a new bishop for the Ruthenian Eparchy of Parma. Up until now, Bishop-elect Robert Pipta has been a priest in the Ruthenian Eparchy of Phoenix and rector of the Byzantine Catholic Seminary of Saints Cyril and Methodius in Pittsburgh. Pope Francis is getting ready to depart for Mongolia. Holy Father has made his customary visit to the Basilica of St. Mary Major to entrust this apostolic visit to her care. He will be the first pope ever to visit the nation. Ukrainian officials are criticizing Pope Francis's recent address to Russian youth as, quote, imperialist propaganda. The Pope recorded a video address to the All-Russian Catholic Youth Association last Friday, saying, among other things, quote, you are descendants of the great mother Russia. Step forward with it, end quote. Ukraine's foreign ministry spokesperson ripped the address in a Facebook post this week, calling it the kind of imperialist propaganda the Kremlin uses to, quote, justify the murder of thousands of Ukrainians and the destruction of hundreds of Ukrainian towns and villages, end quote. Of course, Pope Francis prays constantly for the people of Ukraine. Vatican Press Director Matteo Bruni said the Pope, when speaking to those Russian Catholic youth, did not intend to promote Russian imperialism. He said, quote, the Pope intended to encourage young people to preserve and promote what is positive in Russia's great cultural and spiritual heritage and certainly not to glorify imperialistic logic and government personalities, end quote. The Pope continued his catechesis series on apostolic zeal at his general audience yesterday, focusing on the example of St. Kateri. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. Reflecting on the scene, the Pope noted that Kateri, born in upstate New York, was the daughter of a Mohawk chief and an Algonquin Christian mother who taught her to pray and sing hymns to God. Many of us have also been introduced to the Lord for the first time in the family, especially by our mothers and grandmothers, the Pope said. He noted that evangelization often begins like this, with simple, small gestures, like parents helping their children to learn to talk to God in prayer and talent them of his great and merciful love. Scarred by smallpox at an early age, the Pope said her sufferings throughout her life drew her to a great love of the cross and a close identification with Christ in his redemptive love for humanity. The Pope remembered her suffering through her entire life, her persecution, as well as her convictions and faith. When we encounter difficulties in living and proclaiming the gospel, he said, we may be tempted to become discouraged, to take refuge in our uncertainties, and to close ourselves off in small groups that think like us. However, the life of Kateri Tegakwita, he said, shows us that every challenge can be overcome if we open our hearts to Jesus, who grants us the grace we need to continue on the path of Christian life with faithfulness and 
on perseverance. In Catechetica, the Pope said, "We meet a woman who bore witness to the gospel, not so much with great works, but with the silent joy and freedom of a life open to the Lord and to others." Even in the days leading up to her death at the young age of 24, he acknowledged that Catherine fulfilled her vocation in simplicity, loving and praising God, and teaching those with whom she lived to do the same. He recalled her last words were, "Jesus, I love you." Let us too, he said, by drawing strength from the Lord as Saint Catherine had done, learn to perform ordinary actions in an extraordinary way, and thus grow each day in faith, charity, and zealous witness to Christ. I'm Deborah Castellano Lubov, and Gannett is pausing the use of an artificial intelligence tool after multiple major mistakes in articles. The newspaper chain was using an AI service called Lead AI, that's L-E-D-E, to write high school sports dispatches, and several went viral on social media this past week for obvious flubs. In one example. AI did not replace the placeholders like winning team mascot surrounded by brackets in the middle of a sentence. Users mocked the reports for sounding repetitive and robotic. According to Gannett, the company put a hold on using the tool in all of its local market markets using the service. Yes, this well. is an instance where AI should not replace humans. Well, I mean, there's just there are a lot of instances where AI cannot replace humans, but uh, it is it is kind of amazing, you know. When it comes to local sports reporting, when it comes to you know, not everybody at uh, your local newspaper can be at every single Major League Baseball game every night, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like somebody from your local newspaper should be at the high school football game. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's got to be some kind of a balance here. There's got to be. I mean, if anything, you got to make some sort of deal with your local television station to get these reports because that is all they do on Friday nights. Do you remember? I don't know what they do in D.C. I mean, I guess it's a much bigger market than here in Cincinnati. But Matt, you remember the local stations here in Cincinnati have these Friday night football shows where it's they all do. it's all high school football. High school football. There's so. a little bit of that here. But uh, it ain't like it is in Cincinnati. Yeah. Well. Not like it is in Texas. We here in Cincinnati are quite loyal to our high school teams, as you may recall. You learn a lot about somebody by asking them. It's the first question you ask somebody. Where'd you go you to school? Somebody, yeah, I lived down there. Somebody out. asked me where I went to school. I'm like, where'd you go to high school? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize they were asking high school. Go Spartans. Roger Bacon. March Spartans down the field. Okay. I still remember our fight song. Time to move on. Today is Thursday, August the 31st. It's the Feast of St. Raymond Nonatus. Pray for us. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. John Berksma. We've been going through his latest book, Love Basics for Catholics. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Anna. So we're going to be talking about the love of God and Israel in the prophets and i just want to talk first about the timeline here admittedly doc this is a very rough outline of history um using love basics as as my guide so we started in genesis with adam and eve then things get out of hand and that eventually leads to the flood and hitting the restart button with uh humanity 
Then things eventually get out of hand again, leading to slavery in Egypt. And God parts the waters this time to to set the people of Israel free. And then things get out of hand again. And eventually we get the judges and then they get a king. And you've got Saul, then David, then Solomon. And not that everything was great with them, but, you know, things really start to spiral out of control again after Solomon. So tell us about what happens. Well, Solomon disobeys the command of Moses in Deuteronomy 17, which says that a king should not multiply horses, gold, or wives. And especially with wives, Solomon uh, really blows it there. You know, 700 wives and 300 concubines. Anytime your spouses are in more than double digits, I think you're into <laughs> multiplying there. Really, but, if you get beyond one, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, I mean, who's counting? Took, who's counting? Took three hours to kiss all the wives goodnight, <laughs> you know. Uh, so Solomon, and, and the, the scripture said his wives led his heart astray, so he, he built them pagan temples uh, because many of them were foreign women. He probably justified that saying, well, I'm trying to, you know, establish peace, you know, throughout the world through mm-hmm. these marriage alliances, but it led to infidelity to God. And then after Solomon dies, his son Rehoboam uh, tries to run for king <laughs> on a platform of raising taxes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's a Walter Mondale well. move. Yep, yep, yeah, exactly. it never works well. And uh, so, yeah, the people of Israel didn't accept that. There's a lot of, um, you know, actually, uh, what shall we say, um, uh, <laughs> really covert erotic language in first kings 12 going on in the background that really have this dynamic where rehoboam is this uh chauvinist semi-abusive husband-like figure and israel is like a wife offended and so uh she tells him to get lost and take care of his own house and israel leaves that's the northern the northern tribes so the kingdom divides because of uh, Rehoboam's pride. He's not a loving, caring husband. He's kind of a swaggering chauvinist, as it were. And so we have a divided kingdom. And as someone famously said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Mm. And so for 400 years, both sides decline until we get an exile in there led away into Babylon, just as Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, Israel gets kicked out of her land. So that's kind of the situation. But during that period of decline, that's when the prophets come, the great golden age of the prophets who call the people of Israel back to love for their true spouse, who is the Lord. Who are the important prophets? Well, I mean, not to that was really a bad way of asking the question, Dr. Bergsma. But who who are the prophets that let's well, OK, let's start with the major prophets. Who are they? And and give us a little a little primer on on when they are prophesying. Yes. So in the Jewish tradition, they recognize three great prophets, Isaiah, who ministered in the late 700s 
which we call the 8th century. I know that's confusing how the hundreds and the centuries are off from each other by one. But uh, the late 700s, this is Isaiah, around the time of King Hezekiah, uh, who um, had a glorious battle against the Assyrians and stood them off around the year 700, a story that even made its way into the Greek historians. So that's Isaiah and Hezekiah, King Hezekiah. Then Jeremiah comes about a century later in the late 600s, and he prophesies all the way into the time of the exile, which is around the 590s and 580s. And then Ezekiel is the third great prophet of the Israelite tradition. He was taken into exile, and in the 590s and 580s, he prophesied Israel from exile already. So those are the those are the three greats. And then in the Christian tradition, we also add Daniel, who likewise, mm-hmm. much like Ezekiel, was taken into exile and prophesied from there. Yeah. So um, can you give us some indication of uh, the use of marital imagery in these prophets to to describe what's going on between God and Israel in this time? Absolutely. So Isaiah and his first, it's kind of easy to remember, Isaiah 1 through 3, Jeremiah 1 through 3, and also Hosea 1 through 3. He's the, Hosea is the first of the minor prophets. Those first three chapters of those three important prophets, they all use this image of the people of God as unfaithful bride who's wandered away after different lovers. But God is patient and kind, always wooing her back. And one day the Lord will come and renew with his people that that spousal covenant relationship. And there will be sweetness and a kind of new honeymoon. Well, we'll dive more into that uh, a little more deeply the next time that we get together. In the meantime, Love Basics for Catholics is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. John Bergsma, thank you so much. You're welcome so much. Talk to you next time. I look forward to it. All right, it's 17 past. We're back with headlines right after this. The first annual Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, sponsored by the Dominican Friars Foundation, will take place on Saturday, September 30th at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. This all-day event will feature conferences by Father Gregory Pine, resuscitation of the rosary, a fervorino by Father Lawrence Liu, and mass with Father James Brent as homilist. Join us for this day of prayer to Our Lady. For more information, visit rosarypilgrimage.org. That's rosarypilgrimage.org. Are you looking for peace, longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. It's back to school time and back to a busier morning routine. If you're going to need some help to get going, get yourself a few bags of Mystic Monk coffee. And when you go to the Mystic Monk site through the link you find at sunrisemorningshow.com, you'll give us a boost with a commission on your purchase. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and perhaps a water bottle for your student. All available in our online store. Find our store and link to Mystic Monk coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. 
Divine Intimacy Radio. When you engage with the wisdom of saints this way, it stokes the fires of God in our hearts, encourages us, strengthens us, and gives us wisdom to deal with the difficulties of life. It also gives us wisdom that allows us to rise above all of the junk and to live with joy and peace in the midst of even the most difficult circumstances. Divine Intimacy Radio, Sunday, 6.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. What was once Hurricane Idalia remains a serious threat as tropical storm hitting southeastern North Carolina. Disgraced former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick will not stand trial in a sexual abuse case. And Pope Francis today has appointed a new bishop for the Ruthenian Eparchy of Parma. Anna Mitchell, I get lots of correspondence, uh, much of it from Catholics who are very encouraging and positive people. But oh, no. What did from, you uh, get? From what non-Catholics, get oh, challenging oh, okay. Catholic doctrines. Yeah. Okay. I got one today, and uh, it's a person who says, well, the Catholic Church thinks that during Mass, Christ ascends from heaven onto the altar. The problem is that there's only one Jesus, and there are hundreds of Masses being said worldwide at the same time. So which of the hundreds of altars does Christ ascend on? Oh, boy. And I was like, you know what? That's a great question. And it's one that I actually wrestled with. Really? Even when I was an evangelical. Even as an evangelical, Anna Mitchell, I had a mysterious sense it was possible for Jesus to be everywhere, but also personally close to me. Uh Uh-huh. So flip that question around. I've been in revival prayer meetings where there were hundreds of people being led together in the sinner's prayer, Mm -hmm. asking Jesus to come into their hearts. So to turn this guy's question around, if there's only one true Jesus Christ and there are hundreds of people asking him into their hearts at the same time. Which one does he go to? Which one of those hearts does Jesus go into? Yeah. This is a question that in terms of the Eucharist in which we we as Catholics say that Jesus is present, his body and blood in the Eucharist. This, we actually addressed this very question with Dr. Jared Stout in How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization. It's 21 past. In this crazy world, where can Catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith? Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Hi, this is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Hi, I'm Patrick Cagney with Cagney Family Real Estate, Coldwell Banker. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. My father, Guy, sister, Mar, and I have more than 60 years of real estate experience to help you with the most important buying and selling decisions. 513-319-7312. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most forgotten people. 
With our founders and Daniel Combonias and inspiration, we work for the full development of the human person through evangelization, education, and advocacy. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at kombonimissionaries.org. That is kombonimissionaries.org. It is time for Bible Foods with Rita Heikenfeld of AboutEating.com. I love this segment. It always uh, helps me think about what I'm going to make for dinner. Rita, good morning. Well, good morning. And I know you're going to love this because it, this is a mat recipe for sure. It is a, I'm telling you, I'm going to keep a copy of this. And when football games start up, you know I'm going to be making this one. We'll talk about your nacho recipe here in just a little bit. But first of all, where do we find coriander and cilantro in the Bible? Well, it's such an ancient biblical herb, which is also a spice, I might add. Um, it's referenced, oh gosh, a fair number of times in the Old Testament. And in Exodus, in, in chapter 16, this is a little bit of a confusing passage, um, so I want your take on it. Um, and we both know this very well. And the food became known as manna, meaning, what is it? It was white like coriander seed and flat and tasted like honey bread. See, this is the problem with this passage, Rita, is that nobody saved any manna and uh, <laughs> gave it to us so we could analyze it. That's right. <laughs> because that's remember, right. if they were saving it for more than a day, it uh, got all wormy and stuff. So, yeah, it is one of those mysterious passages. So we don't know what manna is, but we knew what it was like. Coriander seed. Yeah, and that was such an important uh, part of their diet, too. And um, also, when you think of cilantro and coriander, cilantro um, is the, the leafy part, the green part, the stem, and then the seed's called coriander. But you know what? They, you really can't use them interchangeably because they have different flavor profiles and actually different applications. Um, when you think of cilantro, now people either love it or they don't. Now, I happen to love it, and I think you're a pretty good I fan. love cilantro. Yep. It's got sort of, to me, uh, Matt, a citrusy green taste, and I don't know how it tastes to you, but people say, oh, gosh, I use too much and it tastes like soap. Well, there is a constituent in that uh, leaf that sort of does taste like soap if you use too much, but it's such a healthy herb. Um, it's good for oxidative stress. It's good for our gut health, good for our tummies. And now there's studies that have been going on um, regarding cilantro's use in lowering blood sugar. So it's a wonderful, wonderful herb to use. And then coriander, that's the seed, as, as you just said. It has sort of a lemony taste palate, and I use it in marinades and a lot of times with, like, root veggies like carrots and stuff, uh, such. So um, one thing about cilantro, and I know you do this too, but I don't know if um, our listeners and readers know this, it's the one herb you can always use the stems on too because never has tough stems. So when you chop it, you don't have to just remove the leaves, though some people do because of the, the way, you know, it looks. It looks prettier, but don't throw those stems away. Just chop them up. I just chop them all straight up and throw them in the pico de gallo. That's exactly oh. how I do it right there. Um, and, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this, you know, I said nobody saved the manna. I forgot there is a jar of manna that was placed in the Ark of the Covenant. Problem is I don't know where the Ark of the Covenant is uh, right now, Rita, so I can't go get that for you. Oh yeah, wouldn't that be a fun venture? <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a that'd be a wild Bible food segment <laughs> if we opened up the Ark of the Covenant. All right, so uh, you've got some street pan nachos that look awesome today. Tell us about them. 
Well, it, they're called elote, street pan nachos with two cheeses, because in, in Mexico, um, elote is actually a street corn, and they serve it on the cob with just a smear of like a spicy mayo sauce. And so I say this recipe is sort of a riff on the classic. And what you're going to take, you're going to take um, some fresh corn or even frozen corn um, and uh, thaw it out or just cut the corn from the cobs. And you're just going to film a large skillet with some olive oil or corn oil even. Um, and then you're just going to add that corn and give it a couple good stirs and season it with some salt and pepper. It's, the corn's going to cook pretty quick, Matt. Um, and it may look a little charred, which is fine. And then um, separately you're going to put that, take it out, put it in a large bowl, and then you're going to stir in some, uh, I like to use some hot pepper, minced jalapeno, and some lime juice just to taste. And then in another bowl, here's uh, the smear. You're going to take some sour cream, mayo, and, and more lime juice, and then season that with salt and pepper. And then some people also put chili powder in there too. So here's how you do it. You spray a sheet pan. You could use an oven-proof skillet, too, and you just make layers of some nacho chips and then some Mexican cheese. And you just bake that till the cheese melts just a few minutes. Then what you're going to do, you're going to take that corn, you're going to spoon that on top, and then the sour uh, cream mixture, and then top it all with some cotija or other Mexican cheese and a bunch of cilantro. I'm not kidding you. You serve it with lime wedges, and it is just delicious. Well, when I first saw this recipe, I thought it would be gone by halftime, but uh, now as you're describing it, it might be gone by the first change of possession. So, I mean, this is uh, this is a good-looking <laughs> fall recipe. This is a great football recipe. So uh, if our listeners want to connect with you, get a copy of that Mexican Elote Street Pan, pan Nachos, and it's a great way to use uh, end-of-season corn as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they got their own nacho tweaks and recipes to share with you, Rita. What's the best way to get in touch? Well, just go on my site, abouteating.com, and, and gosh, it's been very active lately. So um, I know these segments hit the heart of, of folks because I'm getting a lot of responses, and I love their ideas as well. So, yes, it's a great way to communicate. Well, it turns out there's a lot of things that we talk about on this show that apply to people at various stages of life. But turns out everybody's got to eat today. So very, very true. It's and pretty relevant you, stuff. Yeah, and when you make this, I do want you to share with all of us what you do because I know you're going to run and twist this up a bit. I'll probably double the jalapenos on this one. <laughs> That's probably what I'll do. All right. Well, Rita, we've got abouteating.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. I will, and I'll talk to you next week, Matt. By the way, if you go to sunrisemorningshow.com, enter your email address uh, and hit the subscribe button, and uh, we send out the show notes every morning, and occasionally we send out some bonus things. Uh, So Anna Mitchell sent out a back-to-school letter uh, a couple of days ago, and it had one of Rita's granola recipes in it. So go to sunrisemorningshow.com, enter your email address, hit subscribe, get cool bonus content including recipes from rita delivered to your inbox half past the hour here's anna with news good morning what was once hurricane idalia remains a serious threat as a tropical storm hitting southeastern north carolina the national hurricane center is warning of life-threatening flash flooding in their latest update, the Hurricane Center put Idalia's maximum sustained winds at 60 miles per hour. A tornado watch was issued earlier for parts of North Carolina as well. Idalia made landfall as a hurricane in Florida's Big Bend area yesterday. 
causing significant damage. Pope Francis is getting ready to depart Rome for Mongolia. The Holy Father has made his customary visit to the icon of the Salus Papali Romani at the Basilica of St. Mary Major to entrust his apostolic visit to her care. Vatican News reports this is the 111th time the Holy Father has visited the Basilica to pray before that icon before or after his return from an apostolic journey. The Pope will leave later today and stay in Mongolia through September 4th. He will be the first Pope ever to visit the nation. The Vatican Secretary of State says the Holy Father will be visiting Mongolia as a pilgrim of hope for the whole world. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. In his 43rd apostolic journey, Pope Francis will be in the capital of Mongolia, Ulaanbaatar, in a nation that borders Russia and China and has a population of around 3.3 million inhabitants. Central to understanding the Pope's visit is the motto, Hoping Together, according to Cardinal Parolin. He noted that our world has a great need for hope based on faith and on the presence of God in our history. The Pope's desire is to meet this community, said Cardinal Parolin, calling it a community small in number but young, lively, and fascinating for its peculiar history and composition. He said the Catholic faith in Mongolia has a long but discontinuous presence and offers an example of missionary enculturation of the faith. Ecumenism and interreligious dialogue form another important aspect to the Pope's 43rd apostolic journey abroad as he will encounter local Orthodox leaders and representatives of Buddhism. Pope Francis, said Cardinal Parolin, often emphasizes the importance of seeking harmony among religions and traditions. The Pope will also seek to bolster the diplomatic relations between Mongolia and the Holy See, which have enjoyed formal ties since 1992 and the fall of the Soviet Union. He will also likely renew his calls for peace throughout the world. The Holy Father keeps appealing for peace. Why, wondered Cardinal Parolin. The answer, he said, is that he carries in his heart the heartbreaking pain caused by what he himself has long called the Third World War fought piecemeal. Finally, the Cardinal Secretary of State said his own hopes for the Pope's visit to Mongolia match those of the Holy Father, who seeks to draw attention to the numerically small Catholic community and inspire others to learn from their example of faith. I'm Devin Watkins. Pope Francis focused on St. Kateri during his general audience yesterday, saying her example reveals another aspect of apostolic zeal, total dedication to the Lord. He also confirmed that part two of his encyclical Laudato Si will be released on the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, October 4th. The Holy Father today has appointed a new bishop for the Ruthenian Eparchy of Parma. Up until now, Bishop-elect Robert Pipta has been a priest in the Ruthenian Eparchy of Phoenix and rector of the Byzantine Catholic Seminary of Saints Cyril and Methodius. Disgraced former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick will not stand trial in a child sexual abuse case. He was defrocked in 2019 when the Vatican determined McCarrick had abused young adult seminarians as well as children for years. Yesterday, a Massachusetts judge ruled that McCarrick, now 93, is experiencing dementia and is unfit to stand trial. At least 73 people, including children, are dead after a fire swept through a building in Johannesburg. 
Michael Kastner reports. Emergency services officials in South Africa's biggest city say 52 people were injured in what they're calling one of the country's worst tragedies in recent memory. People have been evacuated and a search and rescue operation is underway. An emergency services spokesperson says it's likely the death toll will rise. The building had been abandoned, but there was what authorities call an informal settlement inside the five-story structure. I'm Michael Kastner. The Food and Drug Administration is sending warning letters to several infant formula manufacturers. Three of them were issued letters of warning mandating they submit to extensive cleaning and sanitation. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible. So to give a gift of any amount, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Thursday, August the 31st. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Online at skpha.com. Another lovely day ahead. Right now, temperatures in the lower to mid-50s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be partly cloudy to mostly sunny today and a high of 78 degrees. Clear skies tonight and cool again with an overnight low of 55. Lots of sun tomorrow and a little bit warmer with a high of 86 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunshine today and a high of 76 degrees. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 54. It'll be mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 84 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Find us online. Download the app at sacredheartradio.com. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Machuda, and he is online at Hands-On Apologetics. You can find tons and tons of great resources there. You can also find his latest book, which is called The Gospel Truth, and it's all about how we can trust the gospel accounts of Jesus Christ. Gary, good morning. Morning, Matt. So to me, there's a lot of great stuff in this book. But your chapter on the memorability of Jesus' teaching style is worth the ticket price. I don't think I've seen anything that really breaks it down quite the way that your book does. We talked about parallelisms that Jesus used to help people remember his teachings. Today I want to talk about rhythm because that's something that I guess, I mean, I guess would it be hard for us to realize the rhythm of Jesus' teaching style because of translation? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it because of translations, they want to smooth things out, and you can't really get the full 
brunt of it. But, you know, even before we do that, a couple of words about rhythm. I mean, the funny thing is, and Matt, I know you've experienced this. When you're you're singing a song, but you forget a couple of words, you just automatically fill it in with the da 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 da, or you know whatever the, yes. the pattern. And the same is. number, you fill it in with the right number of syllables, even if you don't remember the actual words. Exactly. Yeah. So outside of Sweet Carolina, you know, we always bah, have the bump bump. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the same thing's true in the Gospels. Is you know that the Gospels are being formatted. And we talked about that there is, you know, rhyming parallels, but there's also kind of beat patterns as well. And, uh, yeah, so it's a little hard to see in translation, but, you know, it's still there. It's uh, you, you just have to look for it carefully. Well, we can see some of it, as you mentioned, uh, even in translation. You know, we've done all these segments uh, with Father Robert Nixon, uh, who has been trying to translate these great works of, you know, medieval writers uh, from things like Spanish and Latin into the, uh, you know, modern English tongue. And it turns out he's still able to make a lot of those rhyme, <laughs> right? So yeah. it seems as though the translators, you know, they work pretty hard uh, to try and figure out how some of this stuff can actually go across. And we can still hear some of those rhythms even in the English translations, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think probably one of the easiest places to see it is there. There's a two-beat pattern, for example, in Luke seven twenty-two, and also in the parallel in Matthew eleven five. And Jesus said, uh, "He said, go." You know, the, some of the disciples of John came to him and said, "John wants to know whether you are the chosen one, whether you're the Messiah." And he says, go tell John what you've seen and heard. And then there's this two-beat pattern that begins. He says, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, leopards are cleansed, deaf hear, dead are raised, the poor have the good news preached. And, you know, you can kind of see that even in English, but if you're looking at the, the original Greek, it's even more punchy because each of those parallels, the blind receive sight, that's actually just, you know, one word each. So it's just one word, one word, one word, one word in parallel. So you get this two-beat pattern going on. So even if you forget, let's see, what happens to leopards? Well, you know, it, it's that one word for they're cleansed. Well, and in the Greek, all those words rhyme, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, if I say to uh, you, man, you are medicated, satiated, agitated, and frustrated, or something like that, you know, like, that's it, you know, you could you could sort of hear it, but, you know, Jesus is saying this with, like, you know, blind, lame, lepers, deaf, dead, poor. Those The, the words all rhyme in the Greek, which is kind of wild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and not only are there two-beat patterns, there's three-beat, there's four, there's laments. Uh, a kind of beat pattern that you would do or use when you're you're talking about something sad, uh, like when Jesus laments over Jerusalem. The, the beat pattern there is actually a lament pattern. So even the beats will tell you, you know, uh, give you the mood of and the seriousness of what's being said. Well, it is so fascinating to me. Uh, you know, there are uh, things that are, you know, even not just in the simple teachings, because, you know, you expect to hear this in sermons, right? 
but uh, you've even got like a four beat rhythm analysis of Matthew sixteen eighteen, uh, which you know again we just heard Jesus talking uh, at mass. I mean the reading about Jesus saying saying to uh, you know his apostles who are who do people say that I am and and who do you say that I am and even in some of those little exchanges with his apostles you see him using these memory methods of beat and rhythm and rhyme. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's fascinating, that passage that we, we all heard at Mass is probably one of the most formatted passages in the New Testament. Because you have rhythm, you have rhyme, you have word uh, plays in it, uh, you have references to uh, three distinct times of uh, God's people, the governments. Uh, it's like there's just multiple layers of Matthew 16 and so on which shows that, you know, Jesus really intends that this is a very important thing that needs to be kind of cemented into one's memory. It is pretty fascinating. So, uh, I mean, is there a way for us to to kind of maybe hear some of the ways that, that this is what the Church is even doing in the liturgy? Because, you know, another guest that we've been having on more regularly is is. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English and the Liturgy, and they're trying to figure out how to not just translate the scriptures, but also translate liturgical texts from Latin. I mean, do you think that if we paid attention, we would hear that the church is trying to do this to us in some ways in the liturgy by helping us hear these rhythms so we can remember some of these things and concepts? Yeah, well, I think so. Like you said, you know, there are translations out there that try to bring it in. Or uh, usually for, you know, Bible readers, you'll notice that Sometimes the text will be, uh, uh, it will go uh, much shorter, you know, that uh, they'll only have little lines, and you're wondering why are they using up so much page space, you know, on this one paragraph. Well, that's because they're trying to separate it out so you can kind of see the patterns being used there. So, yeah, absolutely. In fact, this makes a lot of sense, especially for, you know, ancient liturgies, because, the scriptures weren't just read at Mass, they were sung at Mass. And so uh, that probably comes back to a lot of, you know, the Hebrew poetry and the Old Testament. The Psalms, of course, were sung. And uh, even in the New Testament, you know, there there is a kind of beat pattern which you could sing, you know, if you, if you uh, are in touch with the uh, original languages. I mean, when you think about it, I know people who would say, oh, it'd be impossible for these people to have these massive chunks of Scripture completely memorized. And I'm like, yeah, but you know all the words to Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm telling you, <laughs> this stuff works. Bye-bye, <laughs> Miss American Pie. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, you can sort of see how even in our culture there's these mnemonics, these rhythmical things that tend to help us to, to remember. I mean— there's stuff in my brain that I wish I didn't remember, but because it went to a beat, somehow it's stuck in there. Commercial jingles yeah. and the like. I mean, I have so many commercial jingles in my head from, like, the 1980s that it's wild. But it's because of this similar principle. Well, Gary uh, Machuda, if our listeners want to get a copy of your book, The Gospel Truth, and really I encourage them, especially the section where you go into all the different ways, rhythm, parallelism, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff uh, that show how Jesus' teachings were memorable. Uh, how do they get a copy of your book? Sure. Just go to St. Paul Center, which I think it's uh, Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks, Gary. Have a wonderful day. You too, Matt. All right. It's a quarter till. We're back right after this. Lord. 
Teach Me to Pray, the Ignatian Prayer Series, can now train you and others electronically to become facilitators and bring the Ignatian way of prayer to your parish. Come to know and love Jesus Christ like never before and help others do the same. Don't pass up the opportunity to join this work of the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. That's LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from. And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sonrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on whatever you buy. You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online store. Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sunrisemorningshow.com. EWTN, communicating the faith. I had to go through fear and thank God that I overcame the fear and I just left it up to God and now there's no more fear, there's just acceptance and I'm just learning to listen. If you want to be closer to God, you just need to keep following His rules and your application, your radio station has helped me to always be positive and continue to listen to the rules and obey. EWTN, live truth, live Catholic. What would you like to discuss? Let us know today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on most of these EWTN stations. And now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Amy Wellborn. You can find her blog, Charlotte Was Both. It's got all kinds of great reflections that span everything from current events to literary explorations. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Matt. I mean, I love the tabs at the top of your book, your your blog. It's like uh, books, travel, homeschooling, sex and gender. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, this is... Uh... I'm all over the place. Yeah, I need to, you know, I probably should take the homeschooling one down because I don't homeschool anymore because everyone's gone. Everyone's in college. But I, it's there as a reference. Some, I figure there are people who go into the same... Uh, agonies and struggles as I did, so keep it up there. Well, you know, your scars are important, and uh, they can help others. Uh, That being said, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are looking for literature for homeschools, but there are also a lot of people who meant to read books this summer, and uh, I don't know about you, I take books on vacation with me, but uh, whoever thinks that summer reading can get done when you're driving eight hours, it's just not going to happen, right? Or... uh, (laughs) You know, all the right. things that, that happen. But you, we've, we're going to take a different angle because we've got a long weekend coming up. And the short story is a feasible thing that some of us could do. Uh, I mean, what do you think about the idea of short stories now? Because I don't see as many of short story collections I, as I feel like I used to see when I was a kid. No, we don't. And, I mean, I think television um, and, of course, the Internet, but television has taken the role that short stories used to play in American culture. Um, they used to be 
um, you know, popular magazines, not just literary magazines, but popular magazines like the Saturday Evening Post and women's magazines like, you know, Good Housekeeping and all of that kind of stuff regularly featured regularly in every issue short stories that were written by, you know, not just scribblers looking for, you know, to be paid by the word, but by, you know, literary figures, um, established writers. And so, um, and then you know, short story collections were all, were often very good sellers. And um, so, as I said, I think a lot of that, you know, power has been taken by the fact that not as many people read as much, but also, you know, just financial, economic concerns in publishing, as well as the role of television in our kind of our entertainment landscape. But that popularity of Catholic uh, of short stories extended to the Catholic world, the specifically Catholic world. Um, I recently on my blog I featured some mid-century and even re- more recently um, collections of specifically. Um, Catholic short stories that I thought were very interesting. None of them are in print anymore, of course. Of course uh, they're not. <laughs> no, I mean, hardly anything's in print. Uh, again, we go back to the economics of publishing. Um, but you can still find them. I mean, you can find them through your library if you have a good library system that hasn't tossed all of its books. Um, or you can find them online uh, in, on various sites like archive.org that archive books that you can, quote, check out for a period of time on the Internet. So, as I said, I've I've recently featured a number of those collections that uh, I thought were very interesting and would all have, you know, good short stories that are great for weekend reading. Well, it used to be a great thing to um, to actually discover novelists as well. You know, you like the short story, you pick up their novel, um, you know, Flannery O'Connor is kind of the prime example of this, but also, you know, some others. Uh, you've got a few recommendations for somebody who just wants to pick up a short story, uh, and sure. you start the list with Flannery O'Connor. Of course, and you know, it's kind of people are like, oh, of course, Flannery O'Connor. <laughs> well, but you live in the South, and so yeah. like, you know, and I'm a fan, and you know, you have to, uh, and she's, you know, very, very important, and uh, uh, I will say. To listeners, to look out for maybe, or I don't know in what respect to look out for, but the actor and director and writer Ethan Hawke um, has made a movie about Flannery O'Connor, starring his daughter Maya Hawke, which some people might know. Who some people might know from um, Stranger Things, um, the TV series Stranger Things, but it's called Wildcat. Um, and it filmed in Kentucky late last year, early this year. And the pictures look really good. The stills that have been released look really good. I don't know, again, what the outcome's going to be. But it's premiering, I think, at the Toronto Film Festival this September. This, You know, Flannery O'Connor is controversial. Not everybody loves Flannery O'Connor like some of us do. She can be difficult to understand if you don't kind of understand her theology and where she's coming from, which is a very hard theology of grace, which is means that, you know, God's always throwing grace out to us and we're always resisting it. And sometimes we have to be literally like hit on the head in order to kind of recognize that grace. 
Um, and one of my favorite short stories by her is called The Displaced Person. Um, and it's about a farm woman in the South post-World War II who is challenged to take in a refugee family from some unnamed um, Eastern European country. So we have that conflict and between a Catholic, you know, uh, ethnically Catholic um, family and population and then this, um, you know, Pentecostal evangelical woman. And the, it's a long story, but it's very rich, very good, very funny. Flannery O'Connor is very funny. Um, and in the end, we see this woman who has, like I said, been challenged. And one of the things that is present in this story that readers will see in a lot of Catholic-themed short stories is the figure of a religious. Um, you know, it can be either a, you know, a priest, nun, monk, uh, who kind of figures as a central metaphor for faith in a lot of respects. In this story specifically, the priest functions as a metaphor for faith in the sense of kind of a solid presence, a solid quirky presence, but a solid presence of uh, fidelity and faith nonetheless. But in a lot of Catholic short stories, you'll see this the figure of the vowed religious functioning as, um, as, as a symbol almost for kind of the struggles of faith that all of us go through because they are a very powerful symbol in their, you know, the, the promises they make and the visibility of their lifestyle. So sometimes that can be controversial in people's eyes, but I think it's a very powerful metaphor that we see a lot. find Amy Wellborn and all of our guests linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Anna Mitchell. Yes, Matt. to say farewell to our EWTN audience here in a moment. We've got for another a couple hour of for days. our locals. Yep. Um, we're going to have the best of the Sunrise Morning Show tomorrow mm-hmm. and Monday. Mm-hmm. And boy, howdy. Well, Monday is a Labor Day special. It's a Labor Day special. Tomorrow is a best of, and it's got some Labor Day-ish things in it. Yes, on purpose. On purpose. To get us, you know, ramped up for Labor Day weekend. So you got some good stuff for tomorrow's. I'm looking at the Labor Day show, and you've got uh, Dr. Matthew Bunsen on Rerum Novarum, which is one of the first, mm-hmm. well, it's the first, like, modern papal encyclical on Catholic social teaching, yep. including the dignity of work. Yep. Mike Aquilino on work in the Church Fathers. John Mark Grodi on leisure as the basis for culture. Mm-hmm. From Joseph Pieper. There's a lot of good stuff. Yep. So you may find yourself sleeping Jason in. Jason Craig. From I mean, there's just tons Catholic of Catholic rural life. Yeah. St. Joseph the Worker stuff. Yeah, with Father Calloway. It's going to be a good show. Both tomorrow and Monday. Yeah. So tune it in, and we'll talk to you live again on a Tuesday morning. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Have you heard how much louder and how consistent the audio levels are when listening to Sacred Heart Radio on our app, stream, podcast, smart speaker, and especially when listening on your car radio through Bluetooth? This important technical upgrade was requested and paid for by you. Thank you. And to let us hear how your listening experience could be better, just click on the send voicemail icon at sacredheartradio.com. 
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Honda East. With their exclusive Life Care Plus protection, if something goes wrong with your new Honda, you're covered. Help me, Honda East. Get the car that I want. Online at HondaEastCincy.com. On Saturday, September 9th, Americans throughout the United States will honor the memory of more than 60 million unborn victims of abortion during the National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Children. Please join in prayer at Gate of Heaven Cemetery in the Baby Garden, Saturday, September 9th at 9 a.m., 11,000 Montgomery Road, Cincinnati. More information at Gate of Heaven Cemetery, 513-489-0300. Please bring a folding chair and umbrella for your comfort. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. For over 90 years, the Jesuit Spiritual Center at Milford has enriched the spiritual lives of youth and adults, offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality. Enter into the silence of a weekend retreat and experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. I'm Father Dan Schmidtmeyer, Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this Thursday, the 31st of August, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lead the way, O Lord, our light. We pray for those appointed to tasks of leadership, that they may lead your people in the way of holiness. We pray for those who lead the way with joy to the mountain of the Lord, that they may be richly blessed. We pray for those who have passed through the gates of death, that they may rejoice for all eternity. O God and giver of all good gifts, you cleanse us from stain of sin and make us pure of heart through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lead us to dwell with you in holiness in our everyday lives through constant growth and love for you and for those whose lives we touch. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And since it is his feast today, St. Raymond Nanatus, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. 
I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. We got a best of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up tomorrow, but we got one more real good hour of live stuff coming up before we take off for that. Danielle Bean's going to be along. She's got lessons for families from Mother Teresa. Of course, Mother Teresa's feast day at the beginning of the month of September. Father Boniface Hicks has more thoughts on personal prayer. Today we talk about the Jesus Prayer. And I know that's a prayer near and dear to many of your hearts. It's probably also a prayer that some of you have not necessarily leaned on very much. And Father Boniface Hicks will talk about the beauty and value of that prayer. Also, Father Thomas Berg along at the second half of the hour to uh, discuss more thoughts on priesthood and suffering and perseverance and prayer and the like. Right now, it's two minutes past the hour. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Idalia is now producing heavy rain over the Carolinas. Mark Mayfield has more. The National Hurricane Center says the system has maximum sustained winds of roughly 60 miles per hour after downgrading to a tropical storm. Some areas are seeing flooded streets. A tornado watch has also been issued for parts of North Carolina until early Thursday morning. Idalia made landfall as a hurricane in Florida's Big Bend area on Wednesday and caused significant damage there before then hitting Georgia. I'm Mark Mayfield. Pope Francis is getting ready to depart Rome for Mongolia. The Holy Father has made his customary visit to pray before the icon of the Salus Papali Romani at the Basilica of St. Mary Major to entrust the apostolic visit to her care. He leaves later today and will be in Mongolia through Monday. He'll be the first pope ever to visit that nation. Pope Francis continued his catechesis series on apostolic zeal at his general audience yesterday, focusing on the example of St. Kateri Tekakwitha. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Lubov reports. Reflecting on the scene, the Pope noted that Kateri, born in upstate New York, was the daughter of a Mohawk chief and an Algonquin Christian mother who taught her to pray and sing hymns to God. Many of us have also been introduced to the Lord for the first time in the family, especially by our mothers and grandmothers, the Pope said. He noted that evangelization often begins like this, with simple, small gestures like parents helping their children to learn to talk to God in prayer and telling them of his great and merciful love. Scarred by smallpox at an early age, the Pope said her sufferings throughout her life drew her to a great love of the cross and a close identification with Christ in his redemptive love for humanity. The Pope remembered her suffering through her entire life, her persecution, as well as her convictions and faith. When we encounter difficulties in living and proclaiming the gospel, he said, we may be tempted to become discouraged, to take refuge in our uncertainties, and to close ourselves off in small groups that think like us. However, the life of Kateri Tegakwitha, he said, shows us that every challenge can be overcome if we open our hearts to Jesus, who grants us the grace we need to continue on the path of Christian life with faithfulness and perseverance. In Kateri Tekakwitha, the Pope said we meet a woman who bore witness to the gospel, not so much with great works, but with the silent joy and freedom of a life open to the Lord and to others. Even in the days leading up to her death at the young age of 24, he acknowledged that Kateri fulfilled her vocation in simplicity, loving and praising God, and teaching those with whom she lived to do the same. He recalled her last words were, Jesus, I love you. Let us too, he said, by drawing strength from the Lord as St. Cassidy had done, learn to perform ordinary actions in an extraordinary way and thus grow each day in faith, charity, and zealous witness to Christ.
I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubav. Pope Francis today has appointed a new bishop for the Ruthenian Eparchy of Parma. Up until now, Bishop-elect Robert Pipta has been a priest in the Ruthenian Eparchy of Phoenix and rector of the Byzantine Catholic Seminary of Saints Cyril and Methodius in Pittsburgh. Disgraced former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick will not stand trial in a child sexual abuse case. He was defrocked back in 2019 when the Vatican determined that he had abused young adult seminarians as well as children for years. Yesterday, a Massachusetts judge ruled that McCarrick, now 93 years old, is experiencing dementia. The case in question involved allegations of a 16-year-old boy in 1974. There's been another public health scare for the GOP Senate Minority Leader. Trey Thomas reports. Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell appears to have had another freeze moment where he suddenly stopped speaking at a press conference. Did you hear the question, Senator, running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're going to need a minute. This latest episode happened Wednesday in Covington, Kentucky. A similar freeze moment happened in July during a weekly Republican leadership news conference. I'm Trey Thomas. Definitely say a prayer for Senator McConnell and his health. 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. Well, with the uh, best of shows coming up here, Anna Mitchell, it's good to uh, get to a sports report and end it on a good note here. Yeah. Reds winners yesterday over the uh, San Francisco Giants. 4-1, to one. Hunter Green was sharp as uh, he just gave up one unearned run. Struck out six batters over five-plus innings. Christian Encarnacion Strand, he was the player of the game, went four for four, included a two-run homer, and had three RBI Cincinnati Back to 69 and 66 on the season. Still in third place in the NL Central. Red Legs will host the Cubbies tomorrow. Also a sight for sore eyes. Joe Burrow back on the practice field. I know social media always loves when that guy just takes the field at all. So uh, just uh, good to see him out there. He was out for a while with that calf strain. Pesky, pesky calf strain. FC Cincinnati, they keep on FC cincinnati uh, they won yesterday over Atlanta United, two to one on the road. Uh, big time win for FC Cincinnati, who continues to just play really well. Fifty-seven points on the season—that's good enough for first place. And we'll be back in action on Saturday against Orlando City. Did you see the big news though uh, in women's sports, Anna Mitchell? Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska yeah. women's volleyball: ninety-two thousand and three fans. You know, 92,003 in women's volleyball. That's awesome. You know, that's awesome for uh, the Nebraska women's volleyball team. I really kind of feel bad for Omaha, who they had to play and they beat. But, like, can you imagine (laughs) being a volleyball player and then 92,000 fans? No, I'm sure. I mean, it's Nebraska versus Omaha. So I'm sure there's Omaha fans there, too. No doubt. Yeah. But that's a lot of Nebraska. That's a lot of fans rooting against me in volleyball. Yeah. You know, that's never happened before. Like, that's a high, that's a, that's a, that's a college football. I uh, bet it was still like, I bet there was some major adrenaline going. Oh, it'd be awesome. Either way, for both sides of it. So, yeah, uh, congratulations to 
everybody in the state of Nebraska because I think everybody in the state of Nebraska was at that game. I wonder if Chris McGregor was there. That'd be pretty. That's a good question to ask. She is. You know, I got I got a lot of ties to Omaha. There you go. Yeah, not- that's where the other half of Easter Rising resides. I gotta make I gotta make a trip out there for the College World Series sometime. Yes. That, always, that always seems like a uh, a good time to go to Omaha, Absolutely. Nebraska. I love Omaha. Yeah. It's a great city. Sure. Yeah, I've been there quite a few times. Well, uh, in case uh, you're driving to Omaha this weekend, or at least you're driving <laughs> Make anywhere. it a 10-hour drive to <laughs> yeah. Omaha. You might want to get started now. Let's get to traffic now. Traffic, a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. There's the traffic sign. I just uh, scrolled through I-74 westbound. I got to... Indianapolis, and I don't see anything. So at least your first two hours on 74 westbound toward Omaha are looking pretty good right now. But in the uh, Cincinnati area, if you're uh, staying here local, uh, quite a few issues, if you will. An accident on the right shoulder of southbound 71 at Mason-Montgomery. You got to back up behind it. You'll remain slow until uh, you get really down toward the Norwood lateral. Southbound 75 is slowing from 275. To the lateral eastbound 74 is slow from North Bend into the 75 interchange, and you'll be on the brakes from there up until Ronald Reagan if you're going northbound. Uh, Northbound 71 75, there is an accident blocking the right lane at uh, US 42, which has you stacked up behind it back toward Turfway. Northbound 471 is slow from Alexandria Pike up to the river. And then let's look at 275. Looks like you're going to be a little slow as you approach the airport at the bottom of the loop. And then as you're heading toward the top of the loop, you'll be slow westbound from Ward's Corner up towards 71. And eastbound at the top of the loop right around 75, there's uh, some slow traffic as well. Man, getting back to school, like I I forgot what it was like to have so many... Uh, traffic issues to report i'm out of breath okay let's get to weather because that's the good news partly cloudy skies to mostly sunny skies in cincinnati today with a high of 78 degrees some awesome weather today and tomorrow at least i think it's going to get hot for the labor day weekend but you know what are you going to do enjoy it while you can clear skies and cool again tonight with an overnight low of 55 sunshine tomorrow with a high of 86 For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunshine today and a high of 76 degrees. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 54. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 84 degrees. Today is Thursday, August the 31st. It is the Feast of St. Raymond Nonatus, Mercedarian, who had his lips padlocked together in an attempt to keep him from preaching the gospel. But he continued preaching the gospel nonetheless. St. Raymond Nonatus, pray for us. Danielle Bean back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. Connect with her. Invite her to speak through her site, daniellebean.com. You can listen to her girlfriend's podcast through goodcatholic.com. And join the community at girlfriendscommunity.com. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great and excited to get to talk about Mother Teresa with you today. I mean, so much can be said about her love for the Lord, about her work for the poor. I mean, she's admired by Catholics and non-Catholics alike. She got the Nobel Mm -hmm. Peace Prize. 
Yeah. And used her platform in that way to uphold the dignity of the human person from conception to natural death to uphold the dignity of the family. I mean, mm -hmm. all of this, such an encouragement to those of us who are trying to raise a family, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. She's such a powerhouse, four foot tall little powerhouse. <sighs> I mean, there's just, I'm amazed by her. And she's been such a gift to us, sort of a, a modern age saint, because, you know, I remember when she was living. And so what a beautiful gift to be able to pray to her in heaven now, especially in our motherhood. Yes. Yeah, so what do we learn about motherhood from a woman who was a consecrated virgin? Right. I mean, I think this is the, such a powerful example of the universality of the call to motherhood for women that, you know, we're all called to be mothers, as St. John Paul II taught us, but it it expresses itself in so many different ways that are so beautiful and inspiring. And Mother Teresa's motherhood is such a powerful example of exactly that. She was a mother to so many souls. She was saving people on the streets of Calcutta. Every human person she met, she loved with a motherly love. And there's such a powerful example for us in that. And then for those of us that are living out our call to motherhood in, you know, in our homes and in our families and raising children and in our marriages, we can pull so much from that because her daily life was so rigid and strict and difficult, purposely made difficult by her. I'll never forget that famous documentary that came out about her life years ago. I watched it when I was a teenager with my parents. And when they, they were building a home for her and the sisters, they were putting in a hot you know, a water heater. And she was like, I don't need that. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you don't need you hot don't water? Need what are you saying, right? And that's just one tiny little example of the kind of life of sacrifice that she chose out of love for the Lord and wanting to love and serve others with that beautiful gift of her motherhood. Well, you know, one of her most famous quotes is talking about doing small things with great love. I mean, mm. and it gets quoted so often that it's it's almost trite, but, but if you sit back and think about it, especially in, well, not even think about it, reflect upon it in our hearts, hold it in our hearts as, as mothers. I mean, this is, this is what we are called to do on a daily basis. So often I think we as mothers can kind of lament that we're not doing big, great things all the time. Mm -hmm. And yet mother Teresa points out to us very simply that it's those small things in in serving those small little people that we have at home that that that's where it's at Danielle exactly that's real a real success not by the world standards right like there's that other quote from her that and, and you know it's so funny because I always hesitate to quote Mother Teresa because she's probably the most misquoted person on the internet right like <laughs> It's hard to find exactly what she said and how she said it. Um, but I think the, the, the crux of it is, is holds true, right? Where she says that God doesn't call us to succeed. He calls us to be faithful. Mm -hmm. And that goes right along with what you said about doing small things with great love. Because we as, as mothers can look at what goes on in the world and the kinds of things the world applauds and the kinds of accomplishments that, you know, you might get acclamation for. And yet 
we're not called to that. That's not what God is calling us to do. He's calling on us to be faithful. It may or may not include some of those worldly accomplishments. And we're, we're called to be faithful beginning first and foremost in our own homes, in our families, in our marriages, and with our children. And that's not something the world ever sees. It's not something you're ever going to get a standing ovation for. No one's going to hand you a big paycheck for it. And we're called to do it anyway, that God sees that kind of faithfulness. We're, we're called to be faithful in that way not successful in the eyes of the world. I mean, she is someone that even though she had all of those accolades, what was she always, I mean, you hear so many stories of people who met her and and how much she encouraged them in their own particular vocation to their family. What was it, save the world? If you want to save the world, go home and love your family. Is yes. that another one of those quotes that, it, I don't know if it's misquoted or not, but it's true. It's helpful too, right? Yeah. Because I've felt so convicted by those words before, like, whoops, I'm not doing that part. I'm forgetting to go home and, and, you know, love my family right now. And that's the important work that we're called to do. Every one of us, not just mothers, but every person is called to in their personal relationships, in their, in their homes and in their families and their marriages, to be loving the people that God has placed in their lives first and foremost. And that's how you save the world is by Raising up holy kids by, you know, nurturing a holy marriage, th those are the people that are going to be building up the church and ultimately, quote unquote, saving the world, which Jesus has already saved, right? But we're here to do his work, and that is an important part of it. Yeah, and you and I talk a lot about this from the perspective of, of being a woman, of being a wife or a mother, um, but that is so true, too, I, I think, even— how should I put this, that it's even more of a clarion call for our fathers to go home and love their families. Oh, I hear that. I hear that. You know, our, our culture encourages people. And even in some parts of the church, I see this encouragement of like fathers as just a, a paycheck, right? Like that's right. the most valuable thing you can do for your family and absolutely isn't true. And so, you know, go home and love your family. Find a way to love your family first and foremost. Of course, we all have to pay bills and earn a living and you got to figure out some way to do that. But never forgetting the priority that the people that God has given you to love and care for are meant to be in your life. We've been talking to Danielle Bean. And Danielle, if uh, listeners want to connect with you, where would you send them? I would send them over to goodcatholic.com. We have lots of great plans in the works over there. But in the meantime, waiting for exciting things to come. Um, we've got uh, great live events that are going on. So you can go over, click on live events and find out what the latest is going to be. All right. And that's where you also can find her girlfriend's podcast, goodcatholic.com, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Danielle, thanks so much. Thank you. God bless you. You too, thanks. All right, it's 20 past. We got traffic and weather coming up next. Good food can still be fast food. Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at bridgetownfinermeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at bridgetownfinermeats.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service 
and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. I pushed my microphone away as if I didn't have to go on the air here. My goodness, Trev. Get myself on track. I guess we can't run that music anymore. That's okay. Support for sacred. Nope. (laughs) It was a nice try, Paul. I'm sorry. Okay, so traffic, a service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. Looks like they just cleared up an accident on eastbound 275. Um, that was at U.S. 42, but you're still dealing with the backup behind it back towards Springfield Pike. Southbound 75 still on the brakes from Union Center Boulevard down through the Lachlan Split. Southbound 71 is slowing between 275 and the Norwood Lateral. Some lingering slow traffic in northern Kentucky on 7175 northbound from uh, just past Burlington Pike up toward the cut in the hill. Now, for weather, an awesome day again. Partly to mostly sunny today in Cincinnati with a high of 78 degrees. Clear skies tonight and cool with an overnight low of 55. Lots of sun tomorrow and warmer with a high of 86. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunshine today with a high of 76 degrees. Clear tonight and an overnight low of 54. Mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 84 degrees. Father Boniface Hicks joins us next. It's 23 past. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Father Boniface Hicks. He is the author, along with Father Thomas Acklin, of Personal Prayer, a guide to receiving, a guide for receiving the Father's love. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Great to be with you. So I was thinking through this uh, not long ago, and I think that out of all the prayers that I pray, the devotions that I've been involved in, uh, 
almost without thinking about it, the Jesus prayer is probably the one that I go to the most. <laughs> For those listeners who don't know exactly what the Jesus prayer is, uh, if you could uh, just lay it out. It shouldn't take long. Yeah, that's right. The, the Jesus prayer consists very simply of uh, a, a short sentence, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, um, or some slight variations of that. But the the idea is uh, to let those words, again, uh, prayer is, is not so much about saying the words themselves. I always like to say, you know, my, my phone is actually pretty good at praying morning prayer, and uh, it's not getting holier by doing that. Uh, but, you know, you can you can just have the, uh, the phone read prayers, and uh, that doesn't make the phone holy. So it's not so much about the words themselves, but what they're connected to. And obviously the, the heart of the Jesus prayer is that simple call to the Lord, knowing our deep dependence on him, recognizing who he is as Lord, and knowing that he uh, comes primarily to bring us mercy, and that his mercy is always available to us. And so it's a way of uh, repeating a prayer many times and praying it a hundred times, a thousand times in the, in the way of the pilgrim, 6,000 times a day. Um, you know, that, uh, that's done for the sake of keeping the connection with Jesus as constant as possible. Well, and it's a prayer that uh, a lot of Catholics pray, but it's not unique to Roman Catholics, right? I mean, this is something I know a lot of Protestants uh, who use the Jesus prayer. Of course, the East is really where you see the Jesus prayer um, as as very much a thing. Uh, I got a hermit friend who this is his favorite prayer. <laughs> you know, this is this is a prayer that, that uh, cuts across categories. I mean, it's it's based pretty much directly on Scripture, and it's kind of to the heart of what it means to say that you're a Christian, right? Lord, Jesus Christ, you're saying that he's Lord. Have mercy on me, a sinner. You're confessing your sins and your needs for him. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, that's right. And uh, even there's there's always a, a sort of impulse to explain it, you know, just as you have done and I have just done, you know, we sort of pick apart the words and why are they there and but uh, again, ultimately, it becomes pretty quickly, not unlike the, uh, the Hail Mary, which is obviously much longer, but uh, it becomes pretty quickly just a simple connection. We, we start to associate the words so closely with that, uh, you know, I would say really felt connection, the, a movement of the heart that uh, as soon as I pick up my, my chotki, the little prayer rope on which uh, might, I might have a hundred knots and go through those as but as soon as I pick it up, it already makes the connection. Jesus is that close to me. As soon as I start to say the words, it makes the connection. Jesus is that close to me. And then it also gives me permission, not because I'm perfect, but because I need him and because he loves me. And so a lot of those things are just become very automatic or very uh, immediate, I should say, in, in a, a way that we can sustain. And it becomes, uh, as the, the way of a pilgrim is kind of the... And, and I quote it fairly extensively to describe the, the movement of the Jesus prayer in, in the chapter on personal prayer that we're talking about. But the, the way of a pilgrim describes in, in very accessible ways how we can take up this prayer and it becomes almost a, a sort of constant hum, a constant background, a constant presence, uh, as, as present as our, our clothes that we're on the one hand very aware of, and on the other hand we completely forget about and that's uh, the way that prayer also becomes, and, and uh, the presence of Jesus, our relationship with him, also becomes constant, 
and and yet we can do other things at the same time. So it doesn't have to be a, a, a fixed concentration, but really a, a stimulating of a constant awareness of, of God's presence. You know, there's no perfect analogy to try and explain this, but I bet you there are people who have had their cup of coffee with them for the course of this interview. And if you were to ask them how many times they've taken a sip of the cup of coffee since you started talking and I started talking, they might not know. But take that coffee out of the picture, you know, for that time, and they would feel like, man, something big is missing in my world, (laughs) you know, for this seven-minute stretch, right? And, you know, I sometimes find myself, you know, leaning on the Jesus prayer in this way, like, you know, not keeping account, all right? But, uh, you know, I see something come across my feet, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what should I do about this? Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I sort of, like, lean on it when something pops up uh, in my world uh, in any kind of form. And at the end of the day, I couldn't tell you how many times I've prayed the prayer, but I could tell you that I leaned on it and that I would not have been able to get through the day without it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. I really like that. Uh, and I was actually drinking coffee while we were talking as well. How many times did you count? <laughs> I, can't, I don't know. I finished it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great analogy. It's it's one of those things that becomes part of the fabric of our of our interior life and a, and a constant connection that tells us how, in fact, God, how present God wants to be to us and how much He wants us to be aware of of His uh, His love for us through everything, in everything, at all times. That in, in a simple way, bringing our entire life into relationship with God is a way we can describe holiness. And we have a temptation to leave out certain parts of our life as if they're not worthy of God or not that important. But it, it cuts across our relationship with Him, envelops everything in our life. And again, it's not that hard to memorize. So there you go. Even if you miss a word here or there, you're still in the in the framework of it. Uh, a lot of people a lot more simple than us, a lot less literate than us, have memorized this and leaned on it pretty hard. So it's a great prayer. I love the Jesus prayer. But uh, the book is called Personal Prayer, A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. It's by Father Boniface Hicks. I encourage people to check it out at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father Boniface, thank you as always. Have a wonderful day. You too, Matt. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Father. And thank you, Matt. 31 minutes past the hour now. It's time for news. Tropical storm Idalia is still on the move. The National Hurricane Center in Miami reports the center of Idalia is heading toward the coast of North Carolina today and is expected near Bermuda by this weekend. The former hurricane is still packing maximum sustained winds near 60 miles an hour. With higher gusts, tropical storm force winds extend outward up to 185 miles from the center of the storm. Thousands are still in the dark in Florida's Big Bend area after Idalia made landfall as a Category 3 hurricane yesterday. As of this morning, there were more than 100,000 outages statewide. The Biden administration has mobilized 1,500 federal personnel to help area residents who were in the path of the hurricane. Pope Francis is preparing to depart Rome for Mongolia. The Holy Father has made his customary visit to the Basilica of St. Mary Major to entrust his apostolic visit to her care. Vatican News reports this is the 111th time the Holy Father has visited the Basilica to pray at the icon of the Salus Populi Romani before or upon his return from an apostolic journey. The Pope leaves later today and will stay in Mongolia through Monday. He'll be the first pope ever to visit the nation. 
The Vatican Secretary of State says the Holy Father will visit Mongolia as a pilgrim of hope for the whole world. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. In his 43rd apostolic journey, Pope Francis will be in the capital of Mongolia, Ulaanbaatar, in a nation that borders Russia and China and has a population of around 3.3 million inhabitants. Central to understanding the Pope's visit is the motto, Hoping Together, according to Cardinal Parolin. He noted that our world has a great need for hope based on faith and on the presence of God in our history. The Pope's desire is to meet this community, said Cardinal Parolin, calling it a community small in number but young, lively, and fascinating for its peculiar history and composition. He said the Catholic faith in Mongolia has a long but discontinuous presence and offers an example of missionary enculturation of the faith. Ecumenism and interreligious dialogue form another important aspect to the Pope's 43rd apostolic journey abroad as he will encounter local Orthodox leaders and representatives of Buddhism. Pope Francis, said Cardinal Parolin, often emphasizes the importance of seeking harmony among religions and traditions. The Pope will also seek to bolster the diplomatic relations between Mongolia and the Holy See, which have enjoyed formal ties since 1992 and the fall of the Soviet Union. He will also likely renew his calls for peace throughout the world. The Holy Father keeps appealing for peace. Why, wondered Cardinal Parolin. The answer, he said, is that he carries in his heart the heartbreaking pain caused by what he himself has long called the Third World War fought piecemeal. Finally, the Cardinal Secretary of State said his own hopes for the Pope's visit to Mongolia match those of the Holy Father, who seeks to draw attention to the numerically small Catholic community and inspire others to learn from their example of faith. I'm Devin Watkins. Pope Francis focused on St. Kateri during his general audience yesterday, saying her example reveals another aspect of apostolic zeal, total dedication to the Lord. The Pope was continuing his catechesis series on apostolic zeal. He said St. Kateri's life is, quote, further testimony to the fact that apostolic zeal implies both a vital union with Jesus nourished by prayer and the sacraments and the desire to spread the beauty of the Christian message through fidelity to one's particular vocation, end quote. Pope Francis today has appointed a new bishop for the Ruthenian Eparchy of Parma. Up until now, Bishop-elect Robert Pipta has been a priest in the Ruthenian Eparchy of Phoenix and rector of the Byzantine Catholic Seminary of Saints Cyril and Methodius in Pittsburgh. Disgraced former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick will not stand trial in a child sexual abuse case. McCarrick was accused of abusing a 16-year-old boy during a wedding reception back in 1974. The 93-year-old is experiencing dementia, according to a Massachusetts judge who has ruled him unfit to stand trial. And the Food and Drug Administration is sending warning letters to several infant formula manufacturers. Yesterday, the agency announced FDA inspections found safety violations at By Heart, Mead Johnson Nutrition, and Perigo, Wisconsin, all three manufacturers were issued letters of warning mandating the companies commit to extensive cleaning and sanitation. 8.36 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. All right. Well, the uh, Cincinnati Reds picked up a uh, must-needed win, a big-time win over the uh, San Francisco Giants salvaging the... Uh, 
final game of the series. 4-1 to one final score from San Fran. Hunter Green picked up the win after surrendering just an unearned run, striking out six batters over five-plus innings. Christian Encarnacion Strand was the player of the game. He had two. He had a uh, two-run homer in the eighth inning and finished the day four for four with three RBIs. Reds improved to 69 and 66, and will uh, take on the Chicago Cubs tomorrow. FC Cincinnati picked up a 2-1 win over Atlanta United on the road at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Luisiano Acosta and Brandon Vasquez each netted goals for the Marks. Uh, Orange and Blue still in first place in the East with 57 points and will host Orlando City on Saturday. Let's check in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Does your parish have a spiritual event planned? Sacred Heart Radio can help get the word out. Whether it's a parish mission, 40 hours of adoration, or a speaker you've invited, just visit sacredheartradio.com and click on events and give us the facts to put on the radio and on our events calendar. One of the benefits of having a local Catholic station is to inform our listeners of the many spiritual activities happening throughout the tri-state. So to submit a spiritual event planned for your parish, just visit sacredheartradio.com and click on events. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery. And he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. The podcast of the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith lets you replay and share an interview. They even have markers to help you find the interview quickly. Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast are in the daily show notes at sacredheartradio.com. I'm Father Jan Schmidt, Director of Pastoral Vitality for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and the Rector of our Cathedral Basilica of St. Peter in Chains. Prayer from the Votive Mass of St. Joseph. O God, who in your inexpressible providence were pleased to choose St. Joseph as spouse of the most holy mother of your son, grant we pray that we who revere him as our protector on earth may be worthy of his heavenly intercession. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. It's 20 till. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Thomas Berg. He's author of a couple of books from our Sunday visitor, Choosing Forgiveness and Hurting in the Church. Father, welcome back. Good morning. Good to be with you. It is so good to have you back. Now, there have been a lot of reactions flying in after uh, the transcript was released of the Pope's meeting with his fellow Jesuits when he was in Portugal for World Youth Day. Someone asked him about, uh, I mean, this great deal of criticism of his pontificate that has come in from the United States specifically. And I've got a couple of quotes here from him that I want to read to listeners. He said, In the United States, the situation is not easy. There is a very strong reactionary attitude. It is organized and shapes the way people belong, even emotionally. He also said, 
Those American groups you talk about so closed are isolating themselves. Instead of living by doctrine, by the true doctrine that always develops and bears fruit, they live by ideologies. When you abandon doctrine in life to replace it with an ideology, you have lost. You have lost as in war. Now, a lot of people got pretty miffed about these comments. Father, what do you think the Pope is getting at? Well, yeah, first of all, you know, honestly, we're not can't be sure who exactly he's talking about. Yeah. And uh, that puts us in a position where um, kind of along the spectrum of uh, kind of from progressive to more conservative, um, we, you know, people could start pointing the finger at each other and saying, well, he's talking about you, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, though, um, what he's obviously uh, as Americans, um there are a few things that get us as fired up as talking about religion <laughs> and uh you know and certainly when we're when we're living as committed catholics uh yeah we 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 can be feisty and we can be very focused um and often rightly so on doctrine right uh we we want doctrine to be right we want to get that right and the and even along the more conservative spectrum of of committed Catholics, we can also have our differences and different disagreements about the interpretation of Vatican II and what that was all about or about heaven knows about liturgy. So um, that kind of feistiness and focus on um, on doctrinal matters, um, I, I, I think uh, the Holy Father would, he appreciates sometimes a different approach and a different uh, an approach that maybe works better in terms at times and in certain contexts in terms of even um so and especially with moral issues where we can be very you know kind of focused on moral truth and moral norms and moral teaching um i think our holy father uh would invite uh-oh I think we, Father Berg, I think we're losing you. Right. Um, and Father, can you hear me? Yes. I think we're we're going to try. Let me see here. Try. Well, we lost you there for a good bit of time. Um, you oh, you were talking about um, this this different way, how we can how we can get um, kind of focused on or fixated on on moral issues in the mind of the Pope. So maybe you can pick it up there and we'll see if we can if we can keep the signal here. Sure. Uh, I guess what I was saying, especially when we talk about moral issues, we we can get uh, particularly strident and what can get lost in along the way there is charity. And and I think our Holy Father is obviously very focused on that, and he, um, you know, we know what can happen on Catholic Twitter and in mm-hmm. our, you know, the com boxes, and in, in when we're responding to each other, and um, sometimes we can be so focused on on doctrine and getting that right that you know we we can be so Catholic that we forget we're Christian, right? <laughs> and I just I think I think that our Holy Father is he's just he's particularly sensitive to that, and that's not his kind of first approach to things. Do you think we're talking past each other as Catholics? I mean, in terms of, um, I mean, especially with Pope Francis, who it seems like 
you know, you can you can tell who's on what end of the spectrum just based on their reaction to something that he says. And it, it doesn't a lot of times it doesn't even matter what he says. <laughs> You're going to see uh, one one end of the spectrum react negatively and the other end of the spectrum react positively. Right. And that talking past each other, I think that's exactly right. That actually does not, you know, it, it's it's very counterproductive. I think as Catholics, we always want to be as Catholics, right? You, the, the, the universality, that mark of universality of the church, we, there has to be a part of us in our hearts that it is always aimed and wants unity and communion. Um, and especially when we're talking to brothers and sisters who have maybe have very strong disagreements and um and, and, and even if it has to do with doctrinal matters, right? We have to always aim in our hearts and, and be willing to, I, I know in some quarters, dialogue is not a not a, a welcome word. Sometimes it sounds jargony. It sounds like it's got a lot of ideology behind it. Well, the, the reality is we do have to engage in that in that dialogue. And that's a, that's a big category um, for our Holy Father. But that's really the... There, there we have the building block of building up the church and building each other up in the faith. And that's the building block for catechesis, right? Um, we're, we're called to accompany our brothers and sisters, not toward uh, just any particular version of Catholicism that they might have. Um, you know, we're, we're walking toward the truth, but we're pursuing the truth in charity and we're speaking the truth in love. That's what we're we're called to do. And I think at heart, that's what our Holy Father is is calling us to focus on. Well, and I think uh, a lot of this stems from the that the 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 Pope's comments sometimes lead. uh, Well, this all goes back to that. Who am I to judge comment from how many years ago now um, that has led many to to fear that somehow church teaching is going to change. But I, I'm pretty sure the only thing that he's changed in his pontificate, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, in the catechism on the death penalty. Right. And I, I think you, you can make and I've, I've made before, um, uh, I think, a very good argument that that's a genuine development of doctrine. There's the we have to be very careful when we use the word change, especially when talking yeah. about about doctrine, which some people kind of throw around very loosely. Um, development of doctrine is is genuine, and I think in that particular case, you you can make the argument. Um, perhaps the the way it ended up being worded in the catechism wasn't uh, the most precise, but. Um, but I think there's certainly the church has a tradition of development of, of doctrine. Um, we just have to uh, be in sync in as, as the church does that and as our bishops think about that, always in communion and consonance with the magisterium, with the prior magisterium of the church. There shouldn't yeah. be rupture with that. Right. And I only bring that up to say that... Um... That, yes, being a genuine development of doctrine is the only change that we've seen in the, the 10 years that he has been Pope so far. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. take a break here and come back and continue the discussion. I got so much more I want to ask you about the beauty of our faith and leading with beauty. We're talking to Father Thomas Berg, and we'll be back right after this. It's 12 till.
This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Hi, I'm Guy Cagney with the Cagney Family and Coble Banker Real Estate, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Our Catholic faith is the center of our family life and how we do our real estate business. Hope that you and your family will remain safe and healthy this year. 513-347-1888. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Sunrise Morning Show continues, and we're back with Father Thomas Berg, author of Choosing Forgiveness and Hurting in the Church from our Sunday Visitor. Father, can you talk, we're talking about Pope Francis and and how he um, advocates for evangelization, and uh, so can you talk about where he's coming from in that regard and, and how you would pick up that that banner of, of leading with the beauty of the faith. You know, I think uh, I, I think of when, for example, um, when we're tasting wine, right, and and we uh, describe that wine, we uh, one term that's often used uh, is to say to talk about it being very fruit forward. Right. Mm. And we, we describe those the fruity notes of, of the wine. Um, you might say that Pope Francis's approach to catechizing um, is a kind of a a beauty forward uh, approach where he would have us before we, before we get to, to doctrine and to moral rules and and so on, he would have us present the, the beauty uh, of the faith first. And I always go back to that uh, uh, little example that Bishop Barron used once upon a time of, you know, when you're, you, you want to teach your, your little boy about baseball, you kind of want to introduce him to baseball. Um, well, you don't, you don't start with the infield fly rule, right? Which you know, <laughs> we could, could read you a 200, a 200 word uh, paragraph explaining one of the most complicated rules in baseball. We'll we'll get to the infield fly rule eventually, but no. Dad starts out. He he gets out his 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 old glove that he used when he was a kid, and he says, "Here, son, put this on your hand. Now smell that leather, right?" And he, mm-hmm. he gets him a baseball cap, and he takes him to his first baseball game. Um, that's a, a very it's a, a wonderful little way of kind of yeah explaining how we can we can present the beauty of the faith first. You know, it's it's so sad that for a lot of people kind of their experience of the church has been, you know, one of, especially to the extent that they're kind of outside from the outside looking in, it's been one of ugliness, right? The, the, 
uh, sexual abuse scandal. The, yeah. you know, so it's it's from the beauty of our lives and the beauty of genuine agape love in our lives and the genuineness of our faith and the that we have to then we we can present a compelling case for Catholic faith. And we can show the beauty and the beauty of the liturgy and the beauty of the tradition, right? I think the Holy Father's approach is, you know, let's let's focus on those things first. Yes, meet people where they're at. And rather than beginning to kind of bang them over the head about what's wrong with the way they're living and what they got to change and uh, to to accompany them, to... Um, and that's, of course, is a huge category uh, of thought for, for the Holy Father, this whole thing about pastoral accompaniment. I think there's a, a right way of understanding that, which, yeah, what, which will then eventually, sure, it'll get to, okay, if you want to live the fullness of the faith, well, well here's the way, here's the moral truths that our Lord has, has left us. We can get to that in due time applying what in the Catholic moral tradition we call the principle of graduality, rightly understood. Um, and But presenting, first of all, the integrity of our own witness, the joy of our lives, the beauty of living a committed Catholic Christian life, presenting that first. I think that's, I kind of think that's the, the wavelength that, you know, the Holy Father is on. And that's how I try to understand him. Yeah, I mean, going back to that idea that we were discussing before the break about talking past each other, um, you know, I've heard people disparage uh, the idea of accompaniment by saying, well, yeah, okay, but I'm not going to accompany someone who's about to walk off a cliff. I need to turn them away from the cliff. So how do we how do we walk that line of knowing the way that you're living your life is very much far away from the Lord, but not pushing them further away from the Lord by how we're trying to reach out to them. Absolutely. And it's, well, it's, the question is, okay, where are we going, right? Again, we're not, we're not, we're not accompanying people to kind of their own um, sort of uh, personalized version of Catholicism, right? We're not, we're not accompanying people kind of through the cafeteria, of, uh-huh. you know, cafeteria Catholicism. What we want to be doing is ge- with genuine uh, being instruments of divine pedagogy, leading and accompanying and walking with our brothers and sisters toward the fullness of the truth. Um, we just, we have to get there on, on God's time. So, um, yeah, so in, in, in accompaniment, the, the question is always, okay, where are we going, right? We're not going to his version of Catholicism, his version of Christianity, his, it's no, we're going to the fullness of the truth. And, and that always has to be bolstered um, by the fullness of Catholic teaching, which we have, which we have on display in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, Magisterium of the Church, it's... Um, the, the, those go together. So I think that what what gets lost along the way, and at times, and even perhaps listening to to Pope Francis as he speaks about uh, being present and accompanying, um, perhaps what we're missing is the the where we're going piece of that, which right. we always have to yeah. keep uh, our eyes on. But the one thing that we need to remember, I mean, the fullness of the truth. I think we can hear in in the first letter of Saint John, God is love. 
we need to express that at all times. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the heart of the message that, that people need. And hopefully they see that and experience that in us, in our, in our excitement and in the joy with which we're striving to live uh, a faith which can be very demanding at times. Mm, absolutely. We've been talking to Father Thomas Berg. You can find his books, Choosing Forgiveness and Hurting in the Church, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, this was a great discussion. Thank you so much for taking it on. Always great being with you, Annie. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for this Thursday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We're getting a long, long weekend. You'll hear the best of the Sunrise Morning Show tomorrow and Monday. We'll look forward to being back live with you on Tuesday after Labor Day. Have a great weekend. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have traveled to nearly every corner of the world. Founded by St. Daniel Comboni, we are an international Catholic organization dedicated to ministering the world's poorest and most abandoned people. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. That is ComboniMissionaries.org. Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org. A Mass with the Anointing of the Sick will be held on Labor Day, September 4th at 11 a.m. at St. Antoninus Church in Western Hills. If you are seeking physical, emotional, or spiritual healing, we encourage you to come or to stand in for someone who is in need. I'm Father Jacob Vergis from St. Peter and Paul, California, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at...